0: This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. In fact, we use Podbean to host Zap to the Past. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free check it out and now let's listen to zap to the past
1: episode 51 of Zapped to the Past. I am Adrian Mills and I'm joined as always by Mr. Graham Raddings. If you have not listened before, well then this is a podcast where we discuss games that were released for the Commodore 64. Last week we looked at our first batch of games from issue 24 of Zap 64, which we are in no way affiliated with and were terrified by Transformers. We jeered at Jailbreak and we were amused by Arkanoid. This week, we conclude our look at the games in April 1987, along what was lighting up our TV and cinema screens that month. To so Graham, tell us what we have going on in this episode. In this newly announced town centre redevelopment with yet more multi-screen cinemas, dreary themed pubs,
0: dull chain restaurants, and the inevitable 19 coffee shops of an episode. We mostly come out at night, mostly with Ripley and Vasquez as we stay frosty around Hadley's Hope, avoiding 8-bit xenomorphs in the rotati Aliens. Reform Damocles and climb aboard our shooting Spaceship as we take on the nasty yellow booktooth aliens in the stunning Delta and play What's the Point in the utterly tragic needle in a haystack simulator, Explorer. We also try and decide which is the least shit in the triple crap treat that is indoor sports. Explore yet another medium res isometric world, this time as synth, parent, and child. Yep, in the droid and seek dullness of Prodigy. And turn Breakout on its side. Yes, that's right, on its side. And assess the relative merits or demerits of left to right Breakout clones. Yeah. With Crack if that range of fancy outlets hasn't got your credit cards itching and you can't wait for the executive burgers, lavish milkshake bar and inevitable 26 nail salons, we head for a trip to Jupiter and Beyond the Infinite with the eye-warping, colour-fused, centipede-like Void Runner, grab our witch's hat and explore some underground corridors on a hunt for scroll guarding anteaters and evil warlords in Magic Madness, and grab our six shooters and trusty horses to go on a Wild West train robbery-slash-punch-up in Express Raider. We also head to the future for a game of Crossfire, only to find the tabletop game we knew has been transformed into a tiny map and directionally confusing 8-bit turd jam, which is trapped in a hyper bowl and then finally we head to some all new executive golf courses gaze lovingly at the newly planted trees and bunkers before getting stung by the deja vu wasps and feeling somewhat ripped off with leaderboard executive edition there are some huge games in this episode and that's lucky for us ad because floating around them like turds around a sinkhole are some real eight-bit bastards sheesh
1: uh-huh yes yes that's all correct um, I'm glad you've told us all that, given us a fair warning of what to expect from the uh, batch of games. The and check the boxes we've got are all on. ticked. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's move on then quickly uh, before the Havitas get us. Um, once again, they're always about. Every now and again, the Havitas just pop well, up. Avid bakers and hunters. <laughs> <laughs> Are they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, ho- the is are near. Yeah. The Hovises are near. <laughs> you can tell by the uh, the light baps that litter the floor, like just thrown away because they have so many of them. Indiana Jones would be a very different movie if they're just a lot of bakers
0: run over a hill throwing buns at him as he tried to get them <laughs> I hate buns, Doc. I hate them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the bread roll. <laughs> bread roll, yeah. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Bap. There's
0: a baguette in the plane,
1: Doc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that That's just my lunch, Reggie. Like <laughs> the he names his sandwiches. <laughs> Why do you call your sandwich Reggie? Because <laughs> there's a snake in it. <laughs> it's full of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie, one, two, three, four. Oh, I don't know, right. We've got games to look at. We do. We've let's got look got, at games. We should get on with it. We should do, right. So let's move on to our first one. And so our first one, got a decent score. It is the first of two games we will look at the next one in a cu- next couple of months, I think, the next couple yeah. of episodes. But this is the first one. So this is Aliens, the first conversion. This is the UK version of Aliens. Let's just get that out of the way. Aliens UK. Aliens UK, yes. Um, <laughs> illegal. Someone said eagle, eagle, aliens. <laughs> Pretty Patel shot them. <laughs> Very political. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's nailing my colours. Bit, bit of
0: politics, bit of politics.
1: Yeah. Anyway, this game needs a map. Um, I'm kidding, or a compass pointer at the very least. Yes, yeah. Um, I'll just set those bits out of the point. It needs something to help you navigate the samey rooms you head through. Anyway, we'll come to that. So it's the first one of two uh, from the you know the huge film Aliens, the smash James Cameron genre defining sci-fi action war film from 1986 that was I think our pick of the films from that year, wasn't it? It was indeed our pick it of It was films. indeed, and and, and with good cause. And uh, you know more scary than the film or even the first film. This one is developed by Electric Dreams. Good. Um, So, you know, and it's designed by Mark Ailes, Ailes, I don't know how you pronounce that Ailes. Ailes, I think. Ailes, and had code and effects by Steve, Alan, Edwin, and Mev. I don't know their surnames or or whatever that is. And the graphic design is by Focus, and it's produced by Software Studios. Okay. 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 Well, there you go. So this version of Aliens is a a stripped down take of the film and sees you controlling six members of the team that land on LV-426 when the colony, after the colony goes dark and suspicions of creatures with acid for blood are taken a little more seriously, it's that moment so we've had all the conversations ripley and gorman and all that sort of thing we've had all the look into my eye and all that stuff so that's all <laughs> happened it's all gone on you know uh all them things like that so in this game you control a squad of six you control ripley hicks burke bishop vasquez and gorman and why gorman i don't know he doesn't actually
0: enter the um fray no he's, why why he's, not is the why not drake yeah drake would have been the more logical
1: any of the Wizbask- other drake yeah. wisbowski yeah any of them um yeah. you know even a Pone, a Pone would have been. A, yeah, he should have been. You there. know. Yeah. Why? Why Drake? It's really? Because he's not one of the fighters. And 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 and, and this is you know because this is a to all intents and purposes when we describe it, it's, it's an early sort of first person shoot at this. So you want people who can shoot guns. Drake does not do that. So you can flick between any of these with the press of the button. uh you basically just use the initials for their name. So R for Ripley, H for Hicks. Strangely, you have to. Well, because there's two B's here, which is another problem. You got Burke and Bishop. So you have so to use. you got, got Hudson is
0: there as well. Uh, no, there's no Hudson. I think it's. I think this is down to letters, number of le- the letters. Well, there's still.
1: Burke and Bishop Burke? so you could have Why taken Burke?
0: and anyway no, yeah, he
1: never goes in because you could have put Drake was basket a pone and then you would have had only one B yeah any anyway so that's what you've got. So once the game starts, and it starts quite quickly, just straight in, the game starts, you're greeted with, you've got, the, the screen is basically split into two. Um, so half the screen, the top half of the screen is the room in front of you. So you so basically you'll imagine yourself in the centre of a room. So that's what you see. And the lower half, um, it shows the stats of your squad, along with the number of the room you're in. And this room number is important, very important. So you've got to take a note of that. So the stats, the, there's the health, there's a, there's a what's it called, cardiograph type thing. Yeah. There's yeah. the number of bullets you have got left. Like- Thing, isn't it? Yeah. vital signs yeah how tired they are and things like that these people get these kick-ass Healthy military, get, yeah. They get more tired than Magic Knight in Spellbound, <laughs> which is strange. So anyway, and in the top half screen, you've got a reticle, um, and you can move that around with a joystick, and if you move it all the way to the left or all the way to the right, the screen starts scrolling around. So what this essentially is, gives you a 360 degree view of the room, so you can just rotate all the way around. So it's just, you basically you just imagine you are stood in, everybody, all six of you are stood in the <laughs> centre of the room, spinning around. <laughs> but not <laughs> seeing each other. always with the spinning, but never seeing each other, no, because I imagine they're just in a got all the backs to each other sort of thing, so they just stand in a hexagon facing well, out. They're not in the same they room, all, I suppose, are they? They all spin. Well, they are at the start. And you can put them all in the same room as you go through, yeah. Because you have to at some point uh, to do so. So it reminded me, so so basically, yeah, so you see, you, you scroll this thing around. On the walls that you can see, you'll see doors which can be passed through with a tap of the space bar while you put your reticule over them. And in a sense, this system reminded me of the system that was used for navigating the ship in Raise the Titanic a bit. Yeah, a little bit. But similar to that. So you pass through a new room, the room number changes, and then you can then look around that room and there'll be more doors you go through the next one so the only thing that sometimes the only thing that changes because the colors for the room state sometimes stay the same is the room numbers that's why this is important mm. because there's is 100 is it 200 how many rooms 128 something like that yeah there's a lot of rooms and it doesn't always you know this is hard to map because that's what i said this game needs a map or a compass pointer because you can easily spin around anyway we'll get to that. uh tapping the button uh takes you back so tap in the appropriate uh, control. You know, letter takes you back to another member, and then you can control them through the base. So you t- you essentially you control all six members of the team, and you have to navigate them all the way through the base. And that's the whole point. So you've got to control all six, and every now and then, to start with, and uh, as you're moving, an alien will appear. This will be a, a, accompanied by a, a, high, a sort of whining noise, not the classic beep, which is annoying, which is a, a bit of an oversight, I think. Mm. So you just get this whining noise, and then there'll be a one of them start flashing so there's an alien in the room with you you've got to find it and essentially shoot it if it charges at you uh, if it charges if you don't manage to shoot it then it kills you or it don't kill you those are basically your screen turns screen turns to static and that, that character is down supposedly though you if you take another character I managed never managed to do this but if you take another character to that room and kill the alien in there you can get the other character back mm-hmm. I never managed to get that yeah, to work they're essentially but, they're meant to be cocooned aren't they yeah so I never I, I tried that but I just never managed to do it so I, I, I'm guessing it happens though because after that if you don't get them in time. Then comes the then comes the face hugging and the impregnation and the chest bursting and more aliens and typical alien stuff. So this is the game essentially. You've got to manage this team of six through this complex. The visuals for the rooms are quite good. They're quite detailed. There were, uh, there's an interview with Mark Hales uh, in a retro gamer, and, and they basically they did it modularly to try and keep. Down memory and just build from a certain set of things, and you can kind of see that because they do all look the same. And this is one of the problems: the, the rooms do get very same You can shoot out the locks for the doors, which means that you can't go back through them. The only way you can get back through them is just to blast open the doors. Uh, but you've got limited ammo, and if you blast open the doors, then aliens can get through and so on. So you need to choose whether you want to do that. The aliens are quite good; they look like aliens. They're recognisable as aliens, I thought. So you know, quite quite nice sprite work on them. So that was all right. But and and the minimal use there's a minimalist use of sound. There's not much, which is but what you sound is there is not the sound. You kind of want. You want that. Beep, 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 mm. beep, beep. You want that, really. There is quite a decent game here, but for me, it needed a couple of extra things to sort of really lift it and make it just make it feel better. I thought, so. like I said, the first thing I said is a compass. Your sun description would have been a boon because it's far too easy to get lost in the rooms, especially when you're spinning about, when you're trying to track an alien, mm. because these rooms all look the same. And you can spend, once you start getting a few aliens, you can get in there and you can start going from back and forth between the same room as I did time and time again 68, 67, Aliens, 68, aliens, 67. And it was like, oh, for God's sake, we're 69. I can not it out. Um, and, I, and it starts to get on you and then other people start getting killed and time looms and all this. Because time is a factor because the longer you take, the more aliens appear. And you've got to make your way through to pick up, get to certain rooms within the, the complex like the armory, the medibay and things like that. Because that, it's easy to get lost. You just end up going nowhere at times and without a map, it's very difficult. It's spoil and this spoils the flow of the game and takes you out of the proceedings because it's just stupid. You're just going back and forth through the same door because you can't because all the doors look alike and there's no way to know did I am I facing north, south, east, or west. Simple thing, just to put it above the main screen and just have it rotate with you. Mm. would have sorted all it it would have sorted it i've come in from the north or i've i've gone in through a door that was north if i'm facing south i know that's the same door sorted it could also have done with like i said proper proximity warning from the film at least a better approximation of it it's a solid attempt i think at doing something different but it could also have done with being able to set the troop to i I don't know if you could do this to self self self-defense at least put them to sort of like if an alien appears they do something Mm. rather than you having to jump back to them to try and protect them so it's a bit silly to have the alarm go off and they do nothing if you. Mm. go back to him it's like these are badass hombres mm. as they describe themselves these are you know colonial marines These are supposed to be doing that thing it could have been balanced out but it's just just weird it's just a bit odd i did like this i thought it was okay but i, I just i found myself becoming frustrated with the lack of direction which with all the rooms just looking the same and and it just, and then everything just piling on top, it gets far too, a bit frantic, a bit too quickly and I didn't know where I was going and I I just found myself a bit frustrated with it and and those kind of things just took me out of it and it's a shame because there is a decent idea for a decent game here but it's just lacking those player, those things to make it easier for the player to navigate around this complex. It's hard enough as it is. I don't want to be getting lost Mm. Um, but yeah, it's all right. It's it's not bad. I mean, it got 81%, maybe a bit higher I would think but I know this is quite well liked, but it is what it is. What did did you think? How did you think of this version of Aliens? There's things to like and dislike with it.
0: So... I like the I like the idea of focusing on the key, an important part of aliens, which is the so the idea of being in the squad of marines trying to work your way through to the queen and just the stuff that you, you know those things are important as much as it's a bit of a take a different take on I mean it would have been better to just focus on the part of the film where the marines are in it and just and it lacked the squad management for a game of this type yeah if you could command them to follow you because it's daft that you've got a squad of soldiers that are completely acting independently of each other it makes no sense to, for them to do they don't do that in the film. They don't do that. They don't do that. Mm. So, so, squad control mechanics. So, uh, you know, you say them, either, like you say, stand on defense or follow me. It would have just been a key press that enabled them to do that. Mm. And then, the, the instead of the alarm going off and it flashing, it would have been better to have a, the sound of a, mach, a machine gun going off somewhere and it's, and it's not you firing. Mm. It's just little bits of, you know, and maybe they're just, it's, this is as much as they could put together in whatever time they had. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So, so, so there's things to like. I liked, I, I liked the idea of it being sort of a, an FPS-ish, sort yeah. of through the eyes of type approach. I like that. The idea of it rotating round is a bit on the spot is a bit odd, but okay. You know, It's an innovative approach to something like that, so that I quite like that about it. The graphics were okay. The UI was quite nice. It had the faces of the characters on it. There's a good sense of the film in it. Like you said, the aliens look like the aliens. The core idea is kind of from the film. The little general look and feel when you see the alien sections of some of the rooms and they've got that kind of alien-esque kind of background. Um, you know so it all goes a bit and instead of all the usual sort of doorways and things that's all good I found some of the key. I found the keyboard controls that those sort of things don't lend themselves to a game that requires if you if they start to panic you so if you start to put pressure on somebody in terms of people if things are flashing the alarms are going off panicky things key presses at that time and space bar to go through doors and using your target reticule and doing all of that those things are a lot to, a lot of things to consider when you don't get a lot of time if you don't see that alien in time or you don't find it you don't get long before and if you're not if you're Shot it, you, you're gonna end up well, you either end up dead or you end up really tired, either way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, ti- the, the, the tiredness, this sort of the idea of them getting tired. I get, yeah, I get what they were trying to achieve with that, but I think it's stupid and unnecessary in this yeah. game. In fact, it's a distraction you don't need in the same way that it was in that spellbound. Mm-hmm. It's just it, you don't need players in games, don't need to get tired. I mean, can you imagine if if you're playing Halo and you just stop for a rest every few seconds, it would drive you mad. Yep, and there's a reason why that doesn't happen, and, and so it doesn't need that. Nope. Um, so, I, um, but it's a, it is a team game in a sense that you're controlling a squad albeit that without you don't have any of the controls to control a squad but it is that kind of approach i quite like that about it i like the fact that it was done in a kind of unusual way and the vantage point was interesting i just think that the panic keyboard and joystick control for me was a bit too fraught and it's very samey and eventually it just so samey that you know you're really just looking for a numeric change the rooms kind of all look the same even if the colours changes slightly mm. i found some of the rooms where the color went completely wild on my version so i wonder if it was a bit broken or something or oh, the emulator perhaps didn't emulate it in the right way but it's not a bad old game all said and done and it did have an atmosphere i'll give it that much it yeah. had something of an atmosphere yeah. but it lacked the key things that gave aliens its atmosphere it didn't have them and they're just stupid oversights that you could have put in just beeping instead of a wailing alarm yeah. um, the sound of a machine going off because you could put your players on it just and those things as we've rightly pointed out mm. it's all good in hindsight I suppose but um, without those it's kind of I wouldn't put it at 81 I think it's in the sort of 60s to 70s for me if they'd have put the squad mechanics and management in properly this could have been in the 90s and a sizzler I think easily with that Yeah, just it's almost there Okay. So hats off to Mr. Um, Isles, um, lovely chap that he is. I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times. He's a really sound guy. He's the guy that did um, 3D Ant Attack, by the way. Oh, is uh, he? In the Spectrum, oh, yeah, wow. that guy. So uh, clever guy, very clever guy. But um, this game, I think, was perhaps uh, just just it doesn't quite get there for me. So it's in the seventies. I enjoyed my time on it, though. But it's Aliens, you know. It don't take a lot for me to enjoy an Aliens. <laughs> game.
1: <laughs> True. Well, we'll see what the next one brings next time. No, it's all right. Yeah, I think we're on agreement there. Just just a few missing bits in there. Yeah, yeah, A few missing bits. Yeah. But- yeah, annoyingly so. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all right. There you go. That's Aliens. Aliens UK. We have Aliens US coming up in another episode at some point. So let's move on to our next one because it's another biggie. so, Graham, do you want to talk about Delta?
0: Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, this is a quite a big one, isn't it? This has got, this is, re- the reputation of this game is heavy. Mm-hmm. It weighs heavy on it. So this is from Thalamus, of course, and it's the second big title from Thalamus and Stavros Fasulus, Fasulus, mm-hmm. Stavros. So expectations are running high after Sanxian, and of course it's famous for that great music and everything else. So we're presented with, with Delta. Delta is a shoot 'em up, side-scrolling shoot 'em up. Where, oh, right, there we go. I'll, I'll, I'll go through this story just because <laughs> it is a it is a big old game. So, just a few credits, quick credits. Rob Hubbard, music produced by Gary Liddon. He's an ex-Zapper, isn't he? He is. Title is Bob Stevenson and of course, the, cr- the creator slash code is Stavros Vassoulas. So, diplomatic relations between the Hesifian Carnate and Terra—that's you. or you are a Terran. Have fallen apart tragically. Mm-hmm. uh the terrian terran transporters have been disappearing in a sector of the galaxy named the delta hence the name of the game the cyphers hisif- this hisif- i'm just going to call them stiffies the stiff is nasty yellow book to <laughs> slimy aliens apparently according to the blurb who cheat at poker jump red lights and mistreat their mothers uh okay uh, this is in honestly that's from the taping line. and set up and they're set upon <laughs> destroying the Ter- the terran empire yeah, i get a feeling that when he was writing this he got a bit bored <laughs> we'll see. To stop this from happening, Damocles has been reformed. Now, I assume that they're not talking about some kind of boy band, so I dig into it a bit more. Damocles is actually the creation that was last heard of in the game, Sanxion.
1: Yeah, it is, yeah.
0: that really So apparently you signed up for a three-year deal with this uh, this militia. Um, so it wasn't a boy band. Um, you have still in Damocles, and they've been reformed to go to the Delta and kill everything, including wiping out them pesky stiffies. So... <laughs> since you're a member of this gang you uh you get your attack ship you can enhance the abilities of your attack ship and um, with so increasing your chances even though you're an elite so shouldn't really need anyway handling somewhat stupidly the attacking formations of enemies will drop credits which you can use to earn extra weapons for your ship you get this uh in the weapons collection elements of the game where which are actually just groupings of space icons that occur after each alien wave each icon has a price with the ones you can afford, being in blue and grey, if it's uh, you're going to be, have to be waiting for your credit payday, or you've saved up your credits to buy the more elaborate ones. Obviously, the more powerful things they are, the more they cost. Um, none of the weapons are permanent and will vanish, which is stupid, um, but we'll come back to that. And you can keep track of your current credits with the credit counter on the bottom left of the screen, which I didn't even realise was there. Did you not? Just <laughs> n- Well, not initially, just so you know. The extra icons, uh, you've got one that looks like an S, which is uh, extra speed. The blurb says on that you need to be careful not to get too many of them because without them you but without them you'll die. I think not quite understand the logic
1: Because of that. what happens is you can speed up three times. If you go get a fourth one, you go yeah, back you to overheat. You go back to yeah. the base speed. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah,
0: no, no, so bad. Again, we'll come back to the ridiculous logic of some of the mm-hmm. ideas in this game. Uh, you get more bullets. That looks like a number seven. They state there that your starting bullets are, are good for namby pambis. These are words from the instructions. Um, <laughs> but uh, no good for frontline attacks or for the later levels. You can get multiple fire, which looks like three small sperm on the icon. That's back, port, and starboard firing. Ideal for the wheel of death, whatever that might be. Because you don't know. Just say ideal for wheel of death. Fish weapon looks like two fish. Uh, That's extra pulse lasers from the amphibian planet of Zlot. (laughs) <laughs> okay. You've got a protector, which looks like a candle in a horseshoe. That's a, that is like a spinny, smashing egg that goes around your ship. Very handy, <laughs> that one, actually. The warper, which looks like a bigger S, slows down time. And um, that's another handy one. So it just slows everything on the screen down a, a tad. Even the most enthusiastic um, stiffies would have a job beating a Reliant Robin from 0-60 when this is an action. Those are from the instruction itself, which made me think that in this futuristic <laughs> space travel enabled world, the uh, Robin Reliance and the, the company Reliant are still around. Maybe
1: company they must. Be. That is incredible that achievement. Is.
0: Maybe, but maybe it also that... explains why the spaceships are the way they are.
1: Maybe we have King Del Boy. Maybe
0: um, and for those that don't know what a Robin Reliant is, it's a three-wheeled car death machine you know, from the seventies. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, they had a, a, a strange habit of tipping over a lot The fibreglass. <laughs> Anyway, the final one was a super shield. Looks like a, a square. Uh, and it states the instructions. This is the, this is straight from the instructions. This is the creme de menthe of weapons. I don't, I can't get my head around that means. And it makes the, <laughs> the stiffies look like the Lager Shandy of the Alien Threat League. I'm just going to say that again. The Lager Shandy <laughs> of the Alien Threat League. Just, I'll, just let that percolate. The idea of there being an alien threat league is interesting, let alone them rating, r- rating him rating, rating rating in alcohol. The, <laughs> <laughs> well, lack of alcohol, rate him in drinks. Well, anyway, we have to go through all this stuff, I suppose. So this game is famous for lots of different reasons. Of course, it's the, the tape, I imagine it probably had some version of this on disc. I don't know. I only ever had the tape version of this. It had the Delta Mixie load, which is when you load the game, you get the big Delta logo and you can sort of create your own music from a batch of sort of looped music, Rob Hubbard style music. It was apparently created by Gary Liddon in conjunction with Rob Hubbard. And derived from an idea by Nick Pelling, who is the author of Frack and Firetrap. Oh, okay. Anyway, it it is actually, I think, one of the first loop-based sequences of music that ever was. And in of itself, a great little thing. And it comes upon as a zap cover tape later. So you can just, you know, have a, have a play with that mm-hmm. whenever that comes up. Really nice little thing. So the game is then side-scrolling shooter stuff. So you have to work your way through 32 levels, I think, on this. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, 30, 32 levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you start the game, you get this really nice uh, sort of delta thing. The music the music kicks in. You've got the star fields. The top and bottom borders are you know open. They're open. The borders are open. My God, the borders are open. Oh no! Um, <laughs> cool pretty stellar game. <laughs> <laughs> bit of politics, bit of politics. <laughs> so game starts and it's a, it's a nice looking side scrolling shoot 'em up. Okay, so it's side scrolling shoot 'em logic. I don't think it requires a lot of explanation. You fly through the devils, shooting at the alien waves you go through various zones in this with names like the rocks of death and things like that. Some of the level of variation happens. So some of it's just in space. Some of it's got sort of top and bottom scrolling scenery. Some of it's got giant Chimneys for some reason. So you have to sort of avoid the chimney chimneys by sort of zooming around and trying to find the little gaps. A bit like a flappy bird kind of idea, but at like breakneck speed, mm-hmm. uh, which requires the kind of reflexes that I don't possess anymore. <laughs> but anyway, it that was there. So you've got that side-scrolling stuff. It's fast, there's a lot of movement on the screen. There's loads of sprites, there's loads of action. The sprites are, are medium res, but I think quite look quite nice and look the part for this game. Some of them look nice than others, but generally the whole thematic of the game is nice. And it looks it looks and sounds the part. Everything about this game is slick. It's got nice colours, it's got nice sprites, it's got really nice starfield effect. The branding is really good. It's uncompromisingly well constructed. Delta. It uses the top and bottom borders to good effect. So your sort of information about your ships and your your upgrades, your ship upgrades are all on the bottom and top borders. So you've got a lot of screen real estate to play in. The graphics, like I said, chunky, but they function nice. There's some nice animations on the sprites. Uh, the icon extra abilities are what they are, but they're okay. And you sort of, when you go through waves, you've got to you collect the, the credits if you manage to shoot them enough. And I found the ship gracefully slow when you first start. You need to get them speeding, shoot them up quickly, otherwise you're doomed. But once you get that and the ship moves at the speed that it should really probably have started at, and you get enough of those, you fly through and just sometimes aiming for the right, because the upgrades sort of fly across the screen and you have to sort of you know fly into the right one and get it with the right thing and mm-hmm. do all of that. So it's essentially a pattern-based side-scrolling shooting. And you've got to fly through these enemy waves and avoid the top bot details. Then you get to the next impossible bit and go through the pipes. And it's just that kind of thing. So you're progressing all the time through these waves of enemies. The game is really hard, really difficult. And I think that might be just, you know, I'm older now and I don't react. I, I played a lot of Delta back in the day because it was such a refreshing professionally polished breeze when it came in because it just it looks so good and it's and it feels so playable from that instant sort of action straight in you know it's, it's a it's a good single load game in that respect I found but now on replay I found aside from all of that I found that it's just the difficulty is off-putting because it's difficult in really stupid ways it's not difficult because the game it although it is difficult it's it's if you remember the patterns in a shooting game like this and you do and you position the patterns then you, you can gradually work your way through it just by remembering where things are I'm remembering that you need to be at the bottom corner when those ones come in and that kind of thing. But death game logic decisions have made, had a disastrous impact on this for me. So success in the game is unlikely and not always because of your efforts in learning the patterns. You're punished in this game in silly ways. So, what could truly be amazing, I think, suffers, made me suffer, and could make you suffer from difficulty rages because it has crazy difficulty spikes. Losing any of your abilities is a disaster in this game. It means your chances are you're going to die very quickly anyway. And you don't upgrade quick enough to get to a position where you've got enough power sometimes because you can very quickly be overwhelmed and you're back to square one. There's a lot of back to square one in this game. You don't go all the way back to the start of the levels all the time, but your ship does sometimes. And that in of itself is stupid because it reminds me of a game, Sidearms, which is a shooter in the arcades, which we may be a conversion of it at some point. Sidearms had very similar problem. You could have the most upgraded thing, and then you would lose a lot of your upgrades, and then you going back into the fray where you were, but with half the armament. Mm-hmm. And in this game, you are not going to make it without that. And so. I think that's for me on the replay of it. As much as I love Delta, it has those, it has, does have that difficulty issue and it has that kind of game logic issue that the upgrades don't, because they don't last and because some of the times that they're a bit, get, getting too many of something shouldn't punish you in this game because it can be done by accident very easily. It's not mm-hmm. like, and if you get too fast in this game, flying around as the main spaceship is, is insanely fast. So it's just a little bit of playing off. I think perhaps it just, there's just a tad of difficulty that's in the wrong areas. The title music and everything else, it's Rob Pubber doing yet another amazing piece of work. It's not his own music necessarily here. You've got the Konyanisgatsi soundtrack essentially for the opening piece, which is actually uh, I think it's it's called Konyanisgatsi. I think the very first one in the of the film soundtrack. So, and the in-game version of the music is, uh, if you put the music on, because you have sound effects and music, the in-game music is, it starts off as Pink Floyd's on the run and then it mixes into Pruitt Igo from the Koya Niskazi soundtrack. Um, Either way, that's about a 12-minute, you know, megalithic soundscape, which is genuinely quite interesting. And does it suit the game? I don't know, perhaps it does perhaps it does when you get a bit better but it's a little bit off-putting sometimes because the music doesn't quite it would have been better in thrust i don't know maybe i don't know so it's hubby high standard 32 levels i don't know if i'd get there without a cheat i don't imagine there's many that made it that way so i suppose the question is do i like it i i've always liked delta it's a really really good Shoot 'em up game. It's hard, and I think perhaps that logic is, on reflection, something that could have been tweaked to make it just a little bit more, give it a bit more player, no, a player free, not freedom. What's the word? Player. I don't know. Just to give it the player a little bit more of a chance. Mm-hmm. But it's a very accomplished and uncompromisingly, like I say, beautifully made game in every respect. So. Hats off to our friends at uh, Thalamus. Interesting that uh, the, during the development of Delta, Gary Lydon and Andrew Wright, who were both in Thalamus, set it up Really, left during the middle of that, with uh, Andrew Wright returning to Activision and Gary Lydon pursuing a career in games programming himself. The person that finally produced this one was the ex-Quicksilver and Electric Dreams development manager, Paul Cooper who was brought up to head the company after those two left. So Delta was never put out by those two, even though they clearly had a lot of input into it. Mm. So yeah, Delta is, it's one of the holy C64 grails, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. be very careful with it. I like it, but what about you?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to go too much off that. I think there's, there's no doubt in the technical ability on display here. And you know, I've no obviously I've made the secondary notes, but everything is polished to a, a fine sheen. Um and as an advertisement for what the C sixty-four can do in the right hands, it doesn't come much better from a visual and audio standpoint. It's smooth, it's slick, it sounds amazing. I mean to me, this is peak hubbard for me. The 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 combo of that great title screen, it's this and knucklebusters, isn't it? This is the one-two punch and knucklebusters and delta. Really, it's like, you know, they've got the amazing title screen music. Not only let's not put to one side the the mixy load, not um, you know, impressive nonsense, craziness. But then the in-game piece, this twelve-minute swooping, soaring piece of music that riffs on Pink Floyd and Koyaanisqatsi to mix them two up. And it, to me, I think it, it works perfectly. So it's a beautiful piece of music to play, a video, to be a shoot 'em up to. I can, when I played it without the sound effects, it's like, uh, then I have to put the music on very quickly because it just, it's not, del- it's not Delta. It's not Delta as far as I'm concerned. So the game is responsive once you get uh, a few power-ups. And and essentially, this riffs on Nemesis. This is heavily influenced by Nemesis because it's, I mean, most of those... Pa- Gradius in the arcade's Nemesis. Uh, Gradius, yes. Yeah. So ne- ne- I think it was Nemesis over here in the UK, Gradius elsewhere, yeah. So Gradius 1, 2, 3, Nemesis, Salamander and Vulcan Venture over here. So and it plays exactly as you want a shooter to play for the most part. But the problem is, at its heart, it's a memory game and that's problematic because you need to be collecting the correct power up for what is coming up, or you're done for. And that is a bad thing. It's like the fast pillars near the start of level three or so are the perfect example. Don't have the speed ups, death. You, you don't even you, you don't you are not fast enough to move across the screen to get through them, no matter how well you know that they're coming. You're just not, and that's bad. That's bad. There's no two ways around it. Don't have enough shots to destroy the fast moving snake style enemies by hitting the heads because they move too quick for you to land enough shots on them, dead. So you've got to power up. Like you said, if you lose them, you're done for. If you get too many speed ups and you go back to bait, you're done. Dead. And it's a problem really. Because despite the amazing music and visuals, it gets more and more frustrating as you progress and becomes a game of uh, a game. I know a lot of shooters do kind of do this, but this is a, a particularly cumbersome note of it. It becomes rote screen placement and collecting the right things at the right time. For me, a shooter should rely on your skills as a player, from your muscle memory and your reactions. You should be able to get through, okay? You should be. You know, and if you can play it fast enough, if you can shoot fast enough and you know what to do, you should be able to get through. A good shooter should allow that. When you watch something, like if you play something like, I know later on games like Ikaruga and you watch the b- players play them sort of games. There's bullet hell shooters. No power-ups or anything like that. It's just you, just, you can get through it. And that's a well-designed shooter to me. This relies, it's, problematically relies on your ability to remember what power up to get and when and that's a really bit of a shame because when it starts off this is amazing you know when you first start playing this it's like oh my what this is the best one of the best things i've seen on the c64 and played and it's the whole soundscape and the visuals and this is a step up from sanction and it's like whoa, i've not seen really seen anything like this There's the smoothness like you said the borders you know the borders open the sprites in the border for your power-ups and everything nice and the design looks incredibly good sort of thing but then you start to play it a bit and then you start to notice that it's not me dictating the gameplay it's the gameplay it's the game dictating how i have to play it and when you see that the design underneath this game is more memory game than shooter that's a problem in a side-scrolling shooter to me however it's still enjoyable to play (laughs) even despite that because of those strong there's still something there yeah production levels because they're still so good you still enjoy playing it so i'm not knocking this because i think this is a a really enjoyable to play game it's just i wish like you said the word you were looking for is freedom player freedom i should be able to do this no matter what and you can and that's a
0: eh. interesting actually because your your criticism our criticism which is i think along with basically the same thing yeah is also what gary penn criticized it for in his comments in the zap review yeah yeah because the other two were you know the other two reviewers were like suckered in for by the presentation which is fine because it is amazing to look at gary penn was like i want to decide where i go in a game and these and these pattern shooters just it's, if you don't know the patterns and you know and if you don't remember the right thing at the right time you're done like you've said it's, it's exactly what he said it's the same, it's funny it's, it's, it's you've going right up the same path as he did and um, with that kind of idea that you know what this game is it's amazing to look at, but who's really playing the game? Who's really in charge of it?
1: Yeah. It's a it's a designed experience, really, rather than a rather than a reaction based experience. Rather than a systems driven experience. It's a this will happen here and you have to do this to get past this at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think shoot should be. It should be yeah, well. But it's still good and I would still recommend everyone go play it. It's weird, they only got I think it was a bit of a controversy at the time, wasn't it? Only getting seventy four percent.
0: Yeah, and I think I think it's because they got some criticism for their score of Sanxian. Maybe. Because Thalamus was kind of, you know, it was yeah, yeah. an offshoot of the same publisher, wasn't it, essentially? The, yeah. The magazine. And I think they got grief for that. So they've gone, right, okay, well, we don't favourite look, you know, and I think there's a little bit of that going
1: on. Maybe, probably. But there you go. Bitty,
0: really, because a great game is a great game. I think
1: I would probably put this in the low 80s. Yeah. Probably. Well, it's not much more, but it's not a sizzler because of those problems, but it is what it is. And it is. But it's still good to play, don't get me wrong. And I did enjoy my time with it. Way better than Sanxian. Way better. Yes. better music yeah. Yeah. Sulos, so, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Fasulos is clearly progressing. So, because he's based it on Nemesis, so he's taken Nemesis and based this on it. You know, cause, um, so there we go. Delta. It's certainly better. Certainly better than what's coming up in our next game. <laughs> So our next game is a full price game. I'm not going to talk about this much although I could do I could describe all the locations yeah <laughs> do you fancy, a, do you fancy a seven year <laughs> podcast <laughs> imagine it long, I
0: wonder how long it would actually take you could You could work it out mathematically you?
1: I could but I'm not going <laughs> to
0: even if you took 30 seconds for each location 40 billion times 30 is longer than we want to be thinking about absolutely
1: so yeah I'd, we'd be choosing poorly <laughs> that's what we'd be doing uh, anyway this game is Explorer uh, it's got the grand total the unlucky 13% club so this is another the game where I ask what the hell is this? Because <laughs> I just don't understand. Mid Lords of Midnight that are 32,000 views. Well pa, that's paltry because as we said, this is 40 billion locations. Yeah 40 billion. It's just let that sink in for a moment. More than the world. <laughs> I, think it's more, I think it's more than this planet. <laughs> um it is huge. And 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 so this game is 40 billion locations and you have to find Nine parts of your crashed ship that are in those 40 billion locations. <laughs> What's 40 billion divided by nine? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> it's like 3.3 billion, no, 4. Five billion or something per location per thing. Oh, What is this freaking thing? The opening is it's a really terrible version of Mercenary. Oh, the uh, zoom. Oh, as you, oh, well, as you, pu- pu- as you, I put f- as you, as you flicker zoom towards a planet, and then you fly over a horrible DOS-like visuals before zooming in some more. The wobbling all over the place, and then you get greeted with a view of some trees. <laughs> and then there's a number in the corner and I think and I think they, they've skewed this because it's not 40 billion is it I think every time you move like one character move to the right it goes up by a number so I think there's some jiggery pokery with the numbers going on anyway it's so boring and so slow the visuals are horrible they're just horrible proper yeah, for them. they're horrible they're horrible um so this is abysmal and it doesn't have a shingle shred of value to be found anywhere in it. It's 40 billion locations as far as i'm concerned oh, i don't get it i mean this was made by it was a guy who made this and we'll talk about his previous game as well in a minute i'm guessing but i don't know what point did anyone think this was a good idea i don't know the visuals are green black and yellow and the, there's mention of beacons and energy and alien robots something but it's so turgid and so slow that it just nothing makes a lick of difference it's crap this makes I've noted here that this makes the double look like warp speed.
0: Yes, that's very true.
1: awful crap. Take it away and bury it in one of the forty billion locations and let no one ever speak of it again. It should be stricken from the history books. I did not enjoy this. This was a turgid egg of a game. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did you think? It's just absolutely stupid.
0: It's baffling, isn't it? It just uh, I couldn't get my head around. Right. I mean, when because it asks you to put your name it name of, name where you want to be. It's like it makes a difference. Yeah. So, because it just, I chose Cleethorpe. So, I just thought, okay, I put Cleethorpe. <laughs> it just came up with jungle, jungle land. Yeah, yeah. Jungle land. I was like, so I could have, you could put anywhere and you're going to be in jungle land. This mm-hmm. is just, for me, it felt like it was 40 billion ways to look at some trees. <laughs> it's just like, yep. You look at trees. Where am I? You're in the trees. Okay, well, me to the left, you're in the trees. Forward trees, to the right trees, trees. <laughs> so, something, like, all right, I get the idea. I'm looking for something amongst the trees then. No idea how to find anything what the beacons were. Apparently, you've got a jetpack. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I didn't want to. When I mean, the graphics, like you say, just this long, thin tree line, essentially, that repeats a lot. I couldn't get my head around what I was really looking at. This felt, I'll tell you what this felt like. It was like a weird lab experiment, a dull experiment, like something you'd see on an open university program when you was off <laughs> sick as a kid in the afternoon. And if we turn now to the simulator, we can see that... We are in position 3.53. 3.53 is northwest of 3.54, but not, you know, and it's just one of them. Like, <laughs> none of it meant anything. I'm thinking, what happens if I find these nine spaceship parts? Which, by the way, is just impossible, isn't it, with those kind of odds? Um, These are lottery number odds. Yeah. Um, just ridiculous. And I just thought, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I landed on Tag and just settled where I was. And you know what? I'm not going to go hunting for my spaceship. I'm just going to live in the jungle. I'm just going to do that. <laughs>
2: Can't I don't do need that. to go on it.
0: Well, this is some, obviously in this game, it's obviously, uh, we know that the guy that made it, I forget his name. We have to quickly check. But the guy that made it, made a game in 1983, which was an orienteering game on the Sinclair Spectrum. He did. Called The Forest. And in that game, you just, you're you orienteering. So you're looking around the forest with a compass and a map and a and I'm guessing that the guy really likes maps and exploring stuff in forests. Uh And he just upped the ante on this and made up, you know, 40 billion reasons for me never to even look at this again.
1: Graham Ralph.
0: Graham Ralph. So, I mean, hats off to Graham Ralph. You've created something quite unique. You've created something (laughs) that is visually the equivalent of nothing. Because looking at 40 billion, looking for something amongst 40 billion things is a needle in a haystack type mentality. I don't need a simulator for that. Never Mm. have, never will. Don't want it. Didn't want this. Ass, Arse, asshole. I'm surprised Electric Dreams even put it out, but I think they got sold because it has big numbers, which make for impressive marketing collateral, don't they? Forty billion locations, while you struggle to survive in the jungles of wherever the hell it is. No one cares. No, no. one cares. Dodson, Dodson, we've got Dodson here. So <laughs> no, one
1: ca- no one cares. <laughs> no, no one does. No one should ever. Ass cake. Yeah. Just, no. No. I know. Let's uh, let's take our machetes to that jungle. And and leave it and leave it behind us. Yeah, um, just hack, on, hack it off, yeah, because there's nothing good to be found there. No, let's move along. Come, let's leave this place. <laughs> it is such a silly place. How does the wind ever get in here? You know, my partner says that quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just look slyly to the side, Sly to the side and titter. <laughs> and look uh, something about Hager. <laughs> I Do to a Slayer such as you. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's Explorer. What's next? Let's move on. Uh, Graham, with uh, more stuff, uh, more indoor sports. Tell us about them.
0: Sport time, trademark sport time. Design Star Consultants, all the way from Mindscape, software that challenges the mind. Uh, these are the people that made Superstar Ping Pong, and that's who made Indoor Sports. So you've got Ed Ringler. Or Ringler, Ringler on design production. Simon Finch, associate producer. Uh, programming by Finch, Lucas, and Ringler. Music by the same guy that Baron Barry McGuigan's uh, and The Goonies and Legends of Amazon Women. John A. Fitzpatrick mm. uh, with unskippable intro. So you're going to wear that music, at some point, whether you like it or not? <laughs> yeah, you are. you are listening to the damn music. Oh, yep. So the initial screen of this game. This is an. In, this is a game where you can play three variations of classic indoor sports: so 10-pin bowling, darts, and air hockey. All those times you've ever wanted to play an indoor sport. <laughs> One of those is yeah, not yeah, like yeah, the yeah, other yeah. two. One of those, <laughs> those, those like doesn't
1: fit this. in a pub. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, though on the graphic for the hockey, air hockey, it just shows hockey sticks, which
1: threw me because I think. <laughs> Anyway, it did, didn't um, it? <laughs> yeah, weird. Well, I don't know. So... I, I suppose they, they just left it, it was just blank, first of all, sort of thing. They were like, well, where's the graphics? So it's, it's air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you draw air? How do so, you draw air? Just like, a, I don't
0: know, just nothing in it. But... That's what I mean. Anyway. So you've got yeah. so those three options. Uh, so you enter your name. You've only got six characters, so you use them wisely. I put in Calibo, of course. Of course. And you move the joystick then to select your game. You can have up to four players and the computer. Just expect some really dull, long loading times after that. Oh, yes. Then, ooh, once ooh, you go yes. through that, that option screen, the loading begins. And then there's just a slow wait until option you've chosen appears i played all three of the games yeah, that. conversely to the the crappy pub games one i actually pl- decided i'm going to play all three i wish i hadn't but i did so bowling the screen basic screen displays come on where you can choose your number of players the weight of the ball between eight and 16 like it makes any difference whatsoever and um, the alley the alley slickness which i thought was a somebody's name um <laughs> because you can't change it. it can only be one you can't change it's just one so alley slickness can only be one and um, you can have a number of games per series the computer skill level which is arbitrary anyway or so you know it's either rock hard or not and then start so when you start this you get a side view of a bowling alley the sort of the ball picking up end of to- we, the, what's the call? That, what do we call that end of it? Not the not the actual.
1: Not where the pins. Bowling are. alley.
0: Yeah, where the, not where the pins. Just, are at that end. It's just the, the ball, the bo- the bowling bit. <laughs>
1: I don't think uh, there is a name for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, it's because the, this game manages to find a way of splitting up the bowling into sections, <laughs> like so, uh, like oh, every mode in this bloody thing. So, and it's because it's side view, which I think, which is kind of odd. So you you yeah. joystick up and down moves the player up and down. So that's how you sort of choose your position and. In the context of the screen, by the way, you've got that part at the top and then your scorecard for your bowls at the bottom of that. And your player stats are on the top left. Your pin count is in the middle and it's kind of like a display Mm -hmm. and your computer stats are on the right. So you press fire to bowl and some stilted animation occurs that gets gradually faster. And as he stumbles, I think (laughs) is the word I would use towards the bowling position. You then hold the button, which then like this um, sort of a arrow shoots downwards at a rate not so. And you hold the button down, and the longer you hold it down, it's kind of the straightness of where you're aiming. So you know the direction of where you're aiming. You're either aiming to the left, to the right, or in the middle. You're seeing this from a side view, so it's just like a an arrow going scrolling downwards, and you sort of you know as long as it's in the middle, you're pretty much good to go. And then once you've done that, he runs, and then just at the the, the cusp of the ball throw manoeuvre. <laughs> Um, You have to press your button. Well described. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, he hits his own ankle with the ball, trips over, lands on his face.
1: He's missed the cusp. He
0: misses the cusp. And so you can, he just falls over anyway. And so if if you have a successful bowl and the ball remains relatively consistent, because sometimes it will veer off to the left or the right and go in the gutter, which of course you don't get any points for. If you don't face plant at that point and the ball hits it, then it will knock <laughs> down the pins. By the way, the sound effects in this sound like sounded like weaponry going on, like mi- military grade explosions going on in here. <laughs> So, so I'm not sure if you're in a battlefield or something but anyway so the pin physics is such that they kind of just ping all over the place you know there's not there's no weight to these pins they just ping around like crazy I scored either nothing or strikes in this game generally and then so you go through a player game of balls and you do that and when you go to the sort of third view so you've got the initial view and the bowling view and then you get a third view where you see the pins at the end of the load a bit like 10th frames view only not not all of it and the ball goes towards the pins and it knocks the pins down then you sort of see his face reaction again it's been drawn by a five-year-old yeah it's the same,
1: it's the same face from Thai boxing isn't it you've just, just, yeah. just
0: ported him over yeah so you just have a sort of and mine was perfectly angry or surprised there was no real middle ground between that I, yeah, thought mine, I thought mine was, he
1: was being goosed <laughs> he, was, he was either happy that he'd done something or not I thought he was still in his bowling pose and somebody yeah, just it, stuck the finger it, up his arm it, it, it isn't what you'd call instantly
0: the reaction you'd expect to happen when you bowl I've Many times, unsuccessfully as well.
1: And I've never. And played I don't
0: well. generally. Yeah, I don't do that face. <laughs> no. I don't often do that face. But <laughs> so you go through a game, and then at the end, it just stops. It just stops. It's like right, ball Music comes on. Stop. That's it. Can't do anything. <laughs> Music's unskippable. There's no reset button. You can't go back to the menu, so you just have to switch it off. Yep. So if your bowling's done, get out. (laughs) This alley is closed. (laughs) It doesn't play play brilliantly, but you can play, at least play-ish. A game of indoor bowling, if you go with that, that's slightly more interaction than 10th frame in the sense that you see the face of the person and there's a little bit of that. But in every other way, it's nothing like 10th frame. But the main issue I had with this particular game is that you can't aim at the pins. You can't see the pins to aim at them, which makes aiming very difficult. When you're playing a game that's, the sole purpose of bowling <laughs> is to aim the ball <laughs> at the pins. If you can't see the pins that you're aiming at, then it's yep. It's anyway. It's I'm not, the, free, it's not so. the first.
1: It's not the first game we'll play today where you're you're not you're looking at the wrong thing. <laughs> no, no. Now let's go. Let's move on to dart. Okay, dart.
0: So similar option screen when you start the darts. You go. You have to go back through the whole game loading thing and the intro sequences and everything else. So you've really got to like this game to do this. So I'm doing this so you didn't have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> So this time you can choose now. (laughs) There's a funny bit here. So you get to choose similar options, players. The doubles on or off logic for this broke my brain. Because strangely, each of those options has a yes or no. So double on as yes and double off as a yes. So I'm like, hang on a minute. So double on, yes. Double off, yes. And then I thought, okay, I better turn to the instructions because I don't get what that really means. And the instructions said, as a beginner, you will find it easy to play darts if you set both double on and double off to no. (laughs) Once your skill increases, you can try regulation rules by setting double on and double off back to yes. Like, why have you got two double ons and double offs? What does it mean? It's bull- It's boolean madness. It's just <laughs> stupid. It doesn't. It didn't make any sense, and it didn't make any difference. You could play different game lengths: classic three hundred one, five hundred one, or seven hundred one.
1: No one's <laughs> no one's ever, no one's ever, ever played say- <laughs> seven hundred one
0: ever. <laughs> Then you can change the computer skill, of course, and the overall game speed from beginner, normal, or hyperdrive. Okay. All right. <laughs> Want just, that in ping just, pong? Yeah. 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 So to play, there's a timer running down during your turn when you play this game. And I'm guessing that the hyperdrive means the timer when you're, you know, so you've got a limited amount of time to aim and do the ridiculous things you have to do to play darts. Now, in my experience of darts, you get a dart and you throw it at a dartboard, right? And generally speaking, you're facing a dartboard <laughs> with, a, with a spiked arrow. So, you know, as long as you propel it forward with enough thrust and enough aim, you're going to get it at the dartboard, generally speaking. And that's how darts works. And your relative skill at being able to propel that dart at the target is what makes it fun and enjoyable. That doesn't require the kind of control. So in this, your dart has a launch window. (laughs) So you move this dart across this box at the bottom (laughs) by pushing either and holding left or right in the joystick, depending on which way the the dart is coming in. So you you do that. So you push it all the way forward. It's almost fighting you. It's like, darts don't do that in your hand. You don't have to fight a dart. Anyway, then you press down on the fire button for the angle. It seems arbitrary, the angle, really, but you have it. Then you have to press fire again as the, this power meter suddenly switches on, like blah, 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 increasing power meter, and you have to press your button at what you think is the appropriate level of power. There's no indication of what that means. None. <laughs> it's just three so, bars, isn't it? With like, 10 it's 10 just, things. It's just it just bar goes bar. up like, like, uh... it's just, it's like, it's like it's like, v, it's like VU meters on a stereo. <laughs> like, is, it, is, is it? Yeah. Is it loud? Does it? What does <laughs> I, it mean? Am I distorted? You know, it, it could have just done with some kind of indication of what that really means. So all you really know is that power low, no power is rubbish because you'll miss, and too much power means you'll miss. So You've got to aim in the middle of someone, really, which makes it stupid. So when you do that, it then goes to another screen. So again, this is another spot that's been split up into multi-screen. So once you've gone through the challenge of the... (laughs) complex it's a complex dart thing why you can't just throw a dart at a dartboard? you have to go for this weird move your joystick to the left press the button your power do the thing do the bit and you get to the dart throwing guy bit so there's a guy who throws the dart, at the dart board, yeah could have could have been what it was it's just a joystick move your joystick around it fiddles about a bit like it does in another dart game press your button love that but no you're not having that Have this complicated way and then you obviously you do the score it's deducted as per darts and hey presto you got you know, a darts game, albeit that the control idea is really weird. So that was darts. And then it just ends when you get to the end. No more darts now. Out of <laughs> the pub, get out. And that's it. <laughs> end of game. <laughs> you're not playing darts here. Go. So to then air hockey. So reload the whole thing. Familiar like, option screen again. They all look the same, really. Yeah. This has got computer skill. You can alternate the sides where you play. So I guess it means you... I, I, I don't really mess with these because I've learned not to after the previous two stupid games. <laughs> You can have a number of games per playoff. You get a larger view of an air hockey table from front to back when you do go for the option to start the game. And the puck is sliding around and you whack it with your bat. And if you press the fire, it speeds up your whack. Uh, (laughs) The physics (laughs) of the game is
2: right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so surprisingly for this one you know it's just you know you've got to score I think you've got to get up to a certain
1: point so yeah you, you know got to say. fill the score across the bottom I think it's 14 yeah, isn't yeah. it like, it's, it's like, 14, like standard so got to score hockey. fourteen.
0: yeah 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 so you've got, you've got to light up the lights and score goals the player that you're against is the stupidest dumb fuck in the Yoni universe <laughs> Because he scored more home goals than I scored when I was playing them. Bizarre it was. So it slides around. The physics on this actually are passable. So it's, it's... And I think clearly this is the one that's most like the Pong game, the Super Pong game. So it's the best of the three in terms of the physics and the way it works because it's it's the simplest of the three because the over-egg this pudding too much. So you do actually control a puck with a joystick as opposed to having a box where we have to move to the left to press the energy button. <laughs> jump down turn around and pick a bale of cotton and wink a couple of times it just it didn't feel like it was much of a jump from the table tennis game it's passable enough this one but it's, it's a lot of money to pay for an air hockey game yeah um, and it's, it's not overall it's just totally meh series of games it's just they're just dull um so I didn't like it. I, I mean, if I'm going to play darts, I'm going to play 180. I'm not a fan of it. Playing air hockey simulations, i have just go and play air hockey, in know, arcade because I yeah. like quite I like air hockey and I like the energy and the kineticism and the sound, which you don't get. I also like it, it doesn't have any of that in this, so it is just really just smack the puck around, really. And and as for the uh, the bowling, well, just. You need to aim at the bowls in Bowling as far as concerned. <laughs> and if you can't do that, it's very difficult. So that was my take on the whole thing. Um, I wouldn't rush back to it. Um, what about you? All
1: right. So, yeah, so indoor sports. So uh, this is another trip to the sideways egg because um, <laughs> we've got an updated sports area with darts, 10 bowling and air hockey now on for the punters because we've, we've kicked out the pub games because they were obviously crap. So it's better than those pub games, but it's, by air hockey. The other two have been bettered by other games, really. So the darts, I'll just go through these quickly. The darts is overcomplicated and it's therefore dull. It takes too long to line up a shot. It's darts done by NASA. 180 got this right, so just go play that. The bowling is awkward and tricky and it's not really clear when to tap the fire button to release. So 10th frame did it better, so just go play that. Air hockey, it's all right, it's just a bit pedestrian. But at least it works. Yeah. Um and I could imagine a bit of fun to have with this in two player. I'm not sure in one player it's much though. Overall though it's just a, it's a bit limp this in it. And yeah. I have no idea why this is on two discs or even a multi load. I don't know. <laughs> um it's because it's because they've overcomplicated everything. Yeah. That darts right. control system is like—I'm pretty sure, you know—we could send men to the moon with that. It's ridiculous. I put—we need new games for the sideways egg, as these are just not going to cut it, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. So we're still waiting. The, the people keep coming in. We've got these great ideas for new games there, but at, at the end of the day, sort of thing, I'm just going to stay with the uh, giant connect four. I think. Yeah. And uh, that's that. Certain indoor sports is—it's just a bit of a misfire. Just. It's just overcomplicated nonsense most of the time. I couldn't believe when I was playing that darts game, I just could not. I was like, <laughs> move it to the left, power, arc, what, what A? Hey. But I can't see the board. I can't see where I'm aiming. <laughs> stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Anyway, that's enough about indoor sports. Let's let's move along. Cause the next one's ugh. <laughs> So what's our next one? Well, we looked at the crap vote for this a while back, I think. Um, And so now it's finally here. Another electric dreams game. This is Prodigy. Mm. So, let me get the right voice for this. All ye hear the words. The machine sorcerer <laughs> Wardlock has created organic life, hitherto unknown in Techland. His latest creation, Solo the Synthy Man, and the new arrival, Necho the Baby, are the ultimate in organic intelligence, and they want their freedom. It is your quest to guide Solo the Synthy Man and Necho the Baby to safety and prevent them being cloned. There you go. So,. That's this. That's the game. Very impressive. Thanks. This is from the same mind that gave us Jerry the Germ. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, make of that what you will. Melvlet Dink, is it? Yeah, it's it's a name. Yeah. Yeah. Before you get into the game, I've got to say, the hell is that tune? (laughs) That's (laughs) Jonathan Dunn music. It's David Dunn, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, David. Is it David? I thought it was Jonathan. Da- it's right? David. No, it's David Dunn. Yeah. It's um. It's. It reminded me of the episode of Friends where Ross is playing. <laughs> God, yeah. It, it's just a. It's noise, and then right towards the end, it just gets a nice tune, and then it just ends. Mm. It's like um. It's like the opposite of Thrust, <laughs> where you have a great tune. Most of it's great tune, and that bit at the beginning. This is just all that bit at the beginning. It's just yeah. crazy. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Anyway, the game. So, uh, we're, so we're in. Uh, is, is this? Single-colour isometric territory or medium-res isometric medium territory? Medium-res, I think. It's medium-res, in it? Yeah. Either way, it's really small viewport. <laughs> it's a really small viewport you have on the world. So I couldn't really tell. And that was just like, I was looking at it squinting going, oh, where's the game? It makes the game feel incredibly claustrophobic. So you know, where, you know where we are. We're in isometric territory. You have to traverse the world with this baby following behind you. And you've got to find, the plot is you've got to find some data, some corrupt data to feed into the machines, which will enable you to open the doors to make good your escape essentially it's, it's it doesn't matter we're basically we're firmly in collect the thing to do the thing to make the thing happen yeah it's another one of them it's, it's that's what it is but the problem is this is in a game that is barely playable i kept getting hit by a gray thing which <laughs> just kept sending me back to the beginning at the mm. at the opening constantly repeatedly i tried shooting it and i did land some shots and nothing happened and the problem is it's like playing a postage stamp size variant of one of these games because there's so little viewport mm. it's just so tiny the graphic even in that space the graphics are blocky and ill-defined the sound effects are crap and the whole game is and appealing from the get-go <laughs> it's called prodigy in it but well, this is not a twisted fire starter and charlie says do not place prodigy <laughs> Where we going, my good yeah. i'm not saying anything more on that so prodigy was just awful what did you like it i'm no, guessing you didn't no. we may have to for- we may have to stop being friends if you did
0: no it's another droid and seek nightmare <laughs> um just wandering around in a tiny window with badly drawn graphics with a with something following me that i couldn't actually get to do anything that i wanted it to do i think it meant to guide it around and do so but just get, getting stuck at doorways and not doing what i wanted and i'm like oh, just yeah just get eaten whatever you are um you got also got apparently got to change the baby and feed it and just and keep an eye on oxygen levels and and avoid the blobberites and the blob wells. I'll oh, just just sod off with this game. Did you see that it had four zones? Ice, yeah. Veggie. This is a zone <laughs> called Veggie. Tech and fire. Just stupid game. I thought and a small isometric medium res window for a game is it's nowhere to go through life um, it's not. it's just difficult to see difficult to use difficult to play you can't control anything in it really I was always running into walls and not really going the right way I couldn't see anything Which <laughs> it's really hard on the eyes this game the yes. main sprite is some kind of blocky spaceman I think and it's just yeah. weirdly colorless graphics which you can't control anyway it's no fun at all so just no 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 no, no. and the, you say the music yeah. is somebody falling over on a random sound generator so no <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Prodigy off.
1: (laughs) Prodigy off. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible game. Let's move along quickly. We've got one more left before we go for a a break. So, what is that new game? Graham, we've got another uh, bat and ball game. We have. have Two this month. We've got two this month. So, this is Crack Out.
0: (laughs) Yes. From our friends, Andrew Green, Terry Lloyd. Richard uh, Robert Tune Tune and Ben Daglish otherwise known as Gremlin, this is Gremlin's version of Arkanoid. Really, I suppose, just with a, you know some quirky changes to the gameplay from the people that brought us Bounder Bulldog and Future Night. So, mm-hmm. and it looks exactly. Someone said to you, Who "Do you think made this game?" You would go, "It was the people that made Bounder Bulldog and Future Night." <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, yeah. So it's a breakout game. They describe it as a two-way test of nerve. Um, we've got an outmanoeuvre the ogre and blast through the bricks. And there's exactly 100 screens to do that through. So it's a breakout game. The quirkiness here is it's not the bat at the bottom and the wall at the top. This is a bat on the right or the left and the wall to the right or the left of that. Mm-hmm. And so you proceed to do exactly what you do in Arachnoid, which is break your way through with the ball. Some of the bricks reveal power up things and changes to your bat size. And it's just that kind of, that kind of Arachnoid logic. I said arachnoid. Then and I meant arcanoid. of arcanoid, You did doesn't. say and, uh, yes. I told you. It's- just you know it's in my brains so there's some things you can like about this it's got uh, a lot of interesting ways to change the way it looks so you can vary that up a bit and alter sort of the way the game plays a bit so you can choose from different sound effects the music is really odd i don't it's not my favorite ben daglish stuff it's it's bouncy and quirky and a bit a bit weird and it, mm. I, I don't think it goes necessarily with this at all but it's one of those that you either like or you don't you can change the scrolliness of the backgrounds in different ways and sometimes you can make it follow the ball which is by the way headache inducing stuff to have that kind of weird scrawly thing in front of your eyes behind the sort of non-moving bricks so some of those effects can be eye-watering you can start the game on the left or the right so you can choose how you want to play you can alter the, the ball speed the mode changes i mean you can change the color of the bats or you can load different levels of crackouts from that you might have i guess they released other levels for it and the you can change it so the screen changes color to the beat of the music and there's all sorts of silly options like that you can choose whether this is it the controls are in inertia based or whether it's a dual speed so you press the fire button to give you a zoom just a case in point never use the inertia based version of that because it's a nightmare <laughs> it's a living hell um and then you get some kind of global scouts the games break out so the graphics are bold nicely colored physics works quite well it's quite fast and it seems reasonably challenging but playable you either like this sort of thing or you don't it's a bit tired really this kind of thing i suppose but it's it's a tried and tested game type and it's been around since the dawn of games so you know you either you either like this version of it or you won't you know if you it's colorful it's just you know if you want to play it by by the cheaper arkanoid do that and then just turn your tv on its side if you want to play for the novelty <laughs> of playing it of a different way
1: watch your tube explode though
0: yeah on yeah, the old tv go boom what were you doing up there uh it's been a slight accident the main issue was was noted in the Zap review is that it costs more than arkanoid and it's basically the same big thing albeit with some really weird nuances that don't really make the game any different so mm. would you choose this over that no, if you're going to play a good breakout arcade conversion, you'd choose Arkanoid. you wouldn't choose this. This was one of those also-ran games that Gremlin sort of did a lot of and mm-hmm. for that, um, it got 55% inside, which is I would—it's about right. I liked playing it, but I like breakout games, but it's no more or less fun than other breakout games. In fact, less, slightly less than less fun because playing it from the side does get a bit tiresome after a while. So mm. there you go. That's what I thought about you.
1: Yeah, I should put insert what we said about Arkanoid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, add, and add something about it being on its side and having a decent Bendagli score. Mm. It's an okay Bendagli score, yeah. There's not much to say about this, really. It felt on par with Arkanoid to me. It's just almost because it's essentially yeah, the same game. Exactly. Just with the visual style of recent Gremlin games, it's even I'm sure that that night bouncing around is Future Night. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is because it's by the people behind Bounder and Future Night. At all, my problem, like you said, it's a tenner, it's not breakout, shouldn't be a tenner, no matter what how much you put no. into it. And without the license, I don't understand why this is more expensive. Mm. Um, no. to me, that's like, well, if you haven't got the license to put on top, then price it cheaper. Two quid or 7 or 5 Yeah, okay. Too much for an aging concept, really. Um, no matter how many ba- screens and bouncing whistles and yeah. whatever weird effects and stuff you put on it, it still doesn't change the fundamental gameplay, which is Breakout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, and considering this has just got the same power-ups as Arkanoid, yep. Expander Bat, Slow Catch, mm-hmm. Shield, multi-ball. Double Bat, whatever, Multi-Ball, it's just the same as Arkanoid. So why, if you're not paying for the license, why is this more expensive? I don't mm-hmm. get it. Um, but hey-ho, yeah but it's, it's just more breakout. It's all right. I think
0: the one thing I'd note of this is that, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, the scoring for it is fine in ZAP, but they gave, the review of this was odd because they were like, oh, not another tired breakout game. We're sick of breakout games. They're so boring. In the same issue, they gave uh, Aquinoid a much higher score. And, oh, it's greatest game. Brilliant arcade conversion. I'm thinking, I just, I don't know. It's it, in having those two yeah. things in the same issue, issue of zap with such i mean they're basically the same old bit that one is directionally different i'm
1: wondering i bet they got i, I bet they got arkanoid in first yeah I think so if arkanoid a... comes through the doors first just like oh i haven't seen a breakout game in 80s but yeah. Well, yeah i've seen this in the arcade yeah it's a good conversion two days later Crackout turns out it's like oh i'm not playing another bloody breakout game
0: yeah and i think that the music is there well, is could a be wrong. The sci-fi I could be wrong the sci-fi synth drones of Arkanoid are a lot better than the kind of quirky, weird, bouncy yeah. Ben Douglas music for um, for Crackout. Yeah. So maybe that's. And
1: don't there. forget Arkanoid's deep, involving story.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Whatever that is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Whatever.
1: There we go crack out yeah sorry nice breakout with bits mm-hmm. um so there we go that's our first lot of games it's uh, quite a chunky section we've got more coming up obviously but first of all uh, we're going to go away for a break and when we come back we'll be talking about film and tv in march 1987 so please stay with us <laughs>
3: The novel Escape from the Commodore 64 by David Hearn is out now. Growing up in the 80s is a chore for Sarah, who feels misunderstood by her parents and badgered by Reese, her bothersome brother who incessantly prattles on about his treasured computer games. When Reese tells her one of the games tried to pull him inside the computer, she laughs off his fanciful fib. She waggles the joystick to disprove his fairy tale and is pulled into the computer. Now trapped in games she'd never had any interest in playing, how can she possibly beat them? With the help of feisty Nell, another trapped player, can Sarah find her way back home, or is it game over? An evil madman, a hostile planet, bloodthirsty robots, a never ending throng of karate experts, and relentless digital soldiers will do their best to ensure Sarah never escapes. Available from Amazon and all good online retailers, find out if there's a way out of the beige bread bin of betrayal for Sarah in Escape from the Commodore 64.
1: All right, welcome back. Let's crack in then. So we've got TV, TV for April 1987. So what we got going on? What were we watching here in the UK? Well, on the 3rd of April, we were presented with the first airing of Through the Keyhole, which ran from 1987 to 2008. Oh, good. Quite chunky, and then came back 2013, and it's still going. It is somewhere. Is it on Challenge or something? it's on ITV.
0: It's It's by the new the new one's Keith Lemon. Is it? Yes, it is. Through the wow. keyhole through okay. the keel, with the Keith Lemon. The original, of course, was um, Lloyd Grossman, Lloyd Grossman, and David Frost.
1: It was, yes. So
0: it was a battle of the weird voices. Hello, good evening, and welcome. <laughs> what kind of person? You know, horrible. Lives in a house yeah, lives like in this. House like this. David, yeah. it's over to you. <laughs> and he became, they became famous because David Frost. I think he's dead now, isn't he? I think pretty sure he is. Mm-hmm. Lloyd Grossman is just—he ma- he suddenly became famous for uh, tinned and jars of of sauces.
1: DC, I think these kind of programs. This I hold this program, and I hold um, Homes Under the Hammer as two of the principal responsible things for our stupid housing boom crisis thing. Yeah, yeah, to that and, um, yeah. Because they, they made everyone want these big, nice houses and prices rocketed and honed in the hammer. Yeah. And, oh, it's just nightmarish.
0: Well, they, it's definitely a programme of that time and the housing boom in the in the 80s. Yeah. Because then on the back of, the, oh, shortly, or not long after that, I think maybe actually a bit later than that, you started getting all of the changing rooms type shows, didn't you? And a thousand more things to do with MDF and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> go on <laughs> <laughs> making cupboards making shelves they did everything with MDF in that show keep going oh is that, my, is that the time I gotta it's, go it's back actually that show isn't it it's now back
1: yeah uh, and, and also uh, what's it DIY SOS and things like that yeah
0: a whole ton of them they... 60, 60 second makeover well yeah because they one? showed all these you know, what kind of person lives in a house like this and it was all these clues really obtuse the golden shoe packets of peanuts <laughs> the half eaten Mars bar David, it's over to you. It's like, uh, it's so and they'd have them be the celebrities trying to guess, and when they guess, made a guess that was near to right, they got that like, kind of applause, didn't they? So, so I yeah. saw the half-eaten Mars bar, and I thought, is it an actor? And oh yeah, claps, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, Peter Chilton and it's just guess who? It's like a crap version of Guess Who.
1: Yeah. Does he have glasses? Is he? Is he got a pimple? I, su- <laughs> I suppose later this would crap versions of like guessing a celebrity would be that masked celebrity nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, it, yeah. Which is just the, the, the most ridiculous show I've ever seen oh, the, in my the life. Mas- the Masked Singer. It's just, I, I watched one of them and I was like, what am I watching? What is this? Why are they getting all excited about someone
0: in a mask? <laughs> TV has become desperate for stuff.
1: T- D- TV has become time trumpets. We're not far from rape and ape. <laughs> we're not.
0: <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> of all the shows you had to pick, that. <laughs>
1: Well, there's a reason that one sticks in your head. Yes, because it's because it rhymes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Time Trumpet was an oddly prophetic show. Yep. And I recommend everyone go and watch Time Trumpet. However, you're right in the sense that this was born of uh, and led even with the obtuse clues. there was loads of programs with obtuse clues. It all started with three, two, one, didn't it? And
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old three, two. One. Well, you know what
0: I mean. That, that clue logic of three, two, one is the same as the clue logic here. you know, where you, you're walking, essentially, walking around somebody's very tidied house. And yeah. he just pokes around and they leave obvious clues, there it would have been better if it was turned out that it wasn't in celebrity houses. They were just in they just gate you know gatecrash somebody's house and just had a look round. <laughs> so and then at the end they're all guessing celebrities. Like, no, it's actually it's Pete Jones's house from down the road. You, yeah. you don't know him. You don't know him. So which all he which so up, you led, to,
1: led to the the worst bit in Come Dine with Me, where they go and look in the bedrooms. And Come dine be with fine. me. That's the show I was trying to, because it, this, this is the kind of the forefather to shows like that,
0: isn't it? Really.
1: Yeah. With four people who cook for each other, four and then... in
0: a bed, and all that kind of thing, and
1: absolutely. Which for uh, for if it's not in, on in your country, wherever you listen to this, it's just that's not what you think it might be.
0: Do you remember when this got? Well, they took away the guessing who it was part, didn't they? And invented cribs on MTV. So, and that was yes, just, I guess just looking around rich millionaire basketball or rapper houses, going. And this is my house. This is my second or third. Is my third fridge? I don't know.
1: I've lost count of the amount of fridges.
0: <laughs> no, it's just it was this opulence of a scale unprecedented.
1: So, oh no! I'm in the fr- I'm in the fridge room.
0: <laughs> I have nothing but I ca- fridges. I-, I collect
1: fridges. I got over 600 fridges. <laughs> <laughs> I got a small what fridge hanging around my neck. What person collects over <laughs> 600 fridges? I- I've got a small fridge hanging around my neck on a keyring. It it's- it works. It works. <laughs> you can store stuff in it. They want to be grateful
0: for that through the keyhole that none of the, nothing really crazy or bad happened in any of those houses. And if we peel back this wallpaper, there's a wrist poking out. What kind of person lived in a house like this? And it's like they just find bodies in the walls and stuff. We almost go down Bleak Avenue, don't we? But that would have been oh, more would
1: interesting. Be, oh, my, yeah, the, the Nielsen house or the Shipman house. Or- <laughs> Fred and Rosemary West's house. They've, they've, they've knocked that oh, down my. now. <laughs> they've knocked that down now. That patio looks a bit <laughs> uneven. <laughs> the uneven block
0: paving. <laughs> The shovels by the side of the fence. The pungent smell.
1: (laughs) The blood spatter up the wall. Oh, God, that's bleak. No. (laughs) We have gone bleak even for us that. That is dark, isn't it? That's dark. Who died in a house like
0: this? (laughs) (laughs) Through the keyhole. The serial killer edition.
1: (laughs) Through through the eyeball.
0: (laughs) Through the eyeball. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyway, if you want a bit of light-hearted fun, watch the Keith Lemon (laughs) version. Moving on. (laughs) Moving (laughs) on.
1: Um, 6th of April. Uh, yeah, this is much lighter. The British series Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends has its first broadcast in Australia on ABC. It does. Now we have a lot of Australian listeners.
0: Yes, I know. I've I've decided I've written (laughs) written a, an Australian version of the way that it would have been read out in Australia. However, I'm not going to embarrass the podcast or us (laughs) by attempting to read that out in an Australian accent. Luckily, I have found a online speech translator That translates things into Australian. And so I will insert that here. Tomo began the facking journey from Wallabunga to the Congolooja Ravine, making sure he went through the bloody Bungle
1: Bongo Pass. He had six facking carriages, all full of chucks, so he went careful-like. Tomo puffed away like a dingo in an orphanage. Luckily, he didn't squash any ruse, but a crack almost bit his ass off. The Flamingola. Hilarious. (laughs)
0: Hilarious hilarious that yeah. was good yes yes. Good, yes yes i liked the end bit particularly but yeah no uh that's what you know it could maybe it was just like that
1: it could have you honestly found one of them yes i have yes <laughs> i've okay
0: i even have the recordings I, I actually saved multiple versions there's lots of different variations of australian male synthesized voices so i found one particular i think it was david or it could have been alf i can't remember the names of them but anyway <laughs> i've recorded multiple versions we may put the the all the different versions will probably just put as extras into the into the Patreon channel just for a goof. But there'll be one one will be recorded for the in here, which we've already placed in, so you'll have heard it by now. Which is the best one of the bunch.
1: Okay. Though. Well, there you go. That was Thomas Tank Engine, and he was now cruising around. I don't Australia. know what they would have
0: made of Thomas the Tank Engine in Australia. Our Australian podcast listeners could let us know because I, I don't I don't know if the dynamic of Thomas and trains and steam trains would Would Was it, it was it work. still
1: read by Ringo Starr? Now that I don't
0: know, that's something you'd have to that you'd need to Google that. I can't imagine it would be because.
1: Well, I'm not going to. But if if any but anyone listens to this, who is an well, Australian listener, just let us know. Was it still Ringo Stan? Did you understand him? And did you know that his favourite food was <laughs> chips? And what's the point? Why were you watching Thomas the Tank Engine? <laughs> because they were about 10, 11 at yeah, this time. Yeah,
0: exactly. This is programming to five
1: year olds. Come on, Bob the Builder. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> True. 20th of April, BBC One aired the British television premiere of War Games, starring mm. Matthew Broderick, Ali Sheedy and Dabney Coleman.
0: Good old War Games. Do you want to play a game?
1: This is one of my founding films, really, because this really, oh, it's computers. Look what computers can do. Yeah. Um, I remember going to the cinema to see this and just being like, oh, it's amazing. Computers can be do anything. I want to go and hack my school <laughs> yeah. and, and I want to go home sort of thing and change all my grades. Yes, because yeah, he does that right at the start, doesn't he? Yeah, this is a it's this this film was a proper uh, like not that's not an eye opener because obviously it's a lot of nonsense, but it was just one of those films that really spoke to me about because I loved computers. Yeah, and like oh look what they can do. It, it spoke to the inner nerd massively.
0: Well, it it tipped into a world that was borderline unheard of for us, which was the kind of war dialing, phone free, having,
1: having a girlfriend
0: yeah well that <laughs> aside yeah because of course that he yeah, has got one but no it's that idea that you can w- connect computers to other computers via the telephone yeah um, i mean we obviously yeah. we would obviously we'd heard of things like compunet and things like that but this the idea of war dialing phone freaking and stuff like that that obviously become that these sort of things relied on at the time and knowing how that phone exchange system works and having that thing that you put your over the sort of earpiece of your phone and, and all that fancy stuff that goes on in that film it was like a Know, it was, it was a, a version of sci-fi that really talked to me at that time. I was really yeah. into that world, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think it, the list of games that he starts off with <laughs> at the beginning goes from chess, checkers, and backgammon and poker to theatre-wide biotoxic and chemical warfare <laughs> and thermo, global thermonuclear. just seems like a bit of a jump in game design. It does escalate quickly. Yeah, it's going, let's have a game of poker, okay. okay. So he's playing Sam Fox strip poker on the old... Uh, Computer, and then did If you like that, do you fancy playing theatre-wide biotoxic and chemical warfare? <laughs> uh, you bet. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Absolutely. Is it biotoxic dreams? Th- yeah. Oh no, you no, then. At- <laughs> <laughs> you've had me at biotoxic. Yeah. How does it work? When well, you start off with um, you? You zoom in on a on a planet, and then you've got forty <laughs> billion locations to choose from. Uh, no, thanks.
1: I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, I'm
0: all right. It's all right. You you go for it. Yeah, you do it. But of course, the talk of that kind of stuff is clearly a little bit of feeding into Skynet, isn't it? And the Terminator type idea. I think there's a little bit of yeah, that in there. yeah.
1: I mean, it's what it's says, You know, it's an early. It's you know, it's obviously anti-war, anti-nuclear war. It's another. Mm. It's another example because it's what is this? Nineteen eighty-four, eighty-five. The yeah, the film I think it, itself when it came out. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's in, It's in that period of like mm. fear, fear of the nuclear Armageddon. Oh, completely. Yeah, and 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 let's not forget. I mean, John Badham's a good director. This is a really good film. That end sequence. Where it plays out mm. the the various scenarios is yeah. scary is, one of, is still one of my favorite movie sequences. It's brilliant the way it's done, it the editing, the stuff. lighting, the flickering, the speed at which it all starts kicking off, yeah. and everything. It's just yeah. brilliantly, brilliantly done. Yeah. Um, I'm still a big fan of War Games. I really like it. I think it stood the test of time quite mm. well. Do you like it? Are you a fan? Yeah. yeah, I've always liked
0: it. Yeah, it's not. It's funny enough. It's one I meant to rewatch for the podcast because I haven't seen it quite well. I just didn't get to it. So I have it's on seen my it list of rewatches. Recently, so. I do intend to watch it again. I remember it being quite quite interesting. So
1: yeah, it's a it's a really good really good film. Twenty fourth of April, the Channel Four music series The Tube is Ooh. shown for the final time. So there you go. That's that's done. The Tube is down the tubes. Did you, was you a I fan of the say, Tube? Did you like the Tube? I think I was too young to really sort of appreciate mm. when it was around. I think it was just, it was, I, I kind of watched them, but it was always a bit bands that I didn't really like, weren't really aware of until later. Mm. So I think it, it didn't really speak to me uh, really. So it had that kind were of, you? Uh,
0: n- no. And I think for the same reasons, I think it just didn't connect with me. I think I was just wrong. I think if I'd have been four years older, Yes. Um, I might have been on it uh, not on it actually just watched it I with no reason why I would appear on the tube for any reason at that age. <laughs> you might have just, done just you with might a, with a, you with a banjo years
1: older.
0: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't even play the banjo it would have been a disaster
1: <laughs> when I'm cleaning wind it's not the banjo
0: <laughs> that's, that's the ukulele <laughs> that's the ukulele no one ever is going to go on the tube impersonating George I was going to say, not George Foreman, is it? It's George Foreman. No, it's not it's George, George. Foreman. George Formby. Formby. It should be George Foreman. When I'm <laughs> George, grilling beef steaks.
1: well, well the George Formby grill would be good. <laughs> George Formby. Yeah. When you, when you lift it up, it's like ding, 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 ding. Oh! I got don't good, think that. it's done quite yet. Hey. Eh? <laughs> oh, where, uh, Misses? <laughs> it's turned out nice again. <laughs> <laughs> that's when it, when you take your steak out, it's cooked perfectly. That's what it does. That's yeah. how you know. That's- I say it, yeah. You just get that sample every time <laughs> every before you time. smash it against the wall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, this was the stupidest idea ever. <laughs> so no, the, I didn't. I don't remember a lot of the tube because I, I didn't watch it a lot. I just remember the, there was lots of controversy around various stuff and the people that were in it. Mm-hmm. Jules Holland obviously was in there, wasn't he? And it had it was Bob Geldof's wife, wasn't it? So I Polly Eight. Yeah, so I think she was in it. I think.
1: I think Pauly Eight was, was, was one
0: of the I, hosts. Yes, I, I don't. I can't I'm remember sure. all the all the. People who were famously in that, it was very anarchic uh, in its own way, very, they want, it was clearly aimed to not be top of the pops in that contrived manner. They wanted a more live view from what I've read and, and what I remember of it. I did me- take a note that in January 1987, during the fifth series, Jules Holland used the phrase, be there or be ungroovy during a live trailer for the show, <gasps> which caused a national scandal uh, as the trailer was transmitted at peak children's viewing time. And the show was taken off air for three weeks as a result and Holland was reprimanded by Channel 4 as it was not the first time he had accidentally sworn on the live show. That's the other thing that I meant to say is that it was a live show and so lots of stupid crap happened on it and things went wrong mm. a lot, which was kind of part of it. You would have thought they'd have learned from this when they let TFI Friday go live and then and then, and then then invite Sean Ryder on it. Well, they don't because there is something special about live TV. It's the same when the it went to the, um, what was the show that was on Friday late night uh, with that came later after this. Oh, The Word. So The Word, yeah, that started off as a live show and in the end that had to be recorded because of yeah. the, the anarchic, crazy stuff that happened. No, but that was a show where you ended up with people eating pubes on crackers and, and just <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, Just went downhill rapidly. Then The Tube is kind of the precursor of the look and feel to all of that. I have a feeling that it involved, now there's a woman that was involved in all these sort of things, a uh, famous, Janet Street porter. I think was probably involved in the production of The Tube somewhere along the line because she was famously mm. that kind of, Involved in that kind of stuff. It
1: might not be her, but it, I seem to think she she's... not. Go. She's not on the production credits. I'm just looking. It's presented by... you got presenters Jules Holland, Paul mm-hmm. Yates, Leslie Ash, Mur, Leslie Muriel, Ash. G- Muriel Gray, uh, right. Gary James, Michelle Creamola... Sorry, Creamona. <laughs> Felix Howard, Nick Laird, Klaus, and Mike Everett. Mm. Producers no one i recognize but yeah so
0: it's just it was that kind of show wasn't it it was it's live it's spontaneous anything can happen kind of thing and it
1: often did and it often did yes and it often did yes 25th of april The Australian. There we go, we're back with Australia. The Australian soap opera, Prisoner Cell Block H, makes its debut on Central Television in the Midlands. This is believed by many viewers to be the series' debut on British television, but in fact, it had been running in the Yorkshire region since 1984. It had indeed. Central was the first region to conclude the series, however. (laughs) I don't know how Yorkshire managed that one. (laughs) They found a way because they they concluded it in December 1991.
0: There you go. I so, have a bit of a soft spot for Prisoner Cell Block
1: I had to watch a lot of it because my brother used to love it, and yeah. it was the only thing to do when staying up.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, this was this was a proper staying up leverage. Um, yeah, yeah. My mum, sisters, I think maybe certainly my mum was in, into it, and it is just a prison. Stupid, it's really stupid. Prison based so proper with really weird. Things that don't really occur, I don't think. The, the hardest nut in the prison, which was B or a character called B. Smith, I think. B. Smith, yeah. B. Smith. You could tell she was in charge because she, she controlled the trouser press. Now, I didn't realise that the trouser <laughs> press in a prison was like the, the thing to be in charge of until I watched Prison Block <laughs> H And then you had other characters like Lizzie Bird and... Fletcher, and I'm struggling to... There was one called The Freak, I think, which was one of the prison guards. And But all of this led me to... When I was looking into this, so I was looking into the different characters and all the various ones, and it led me to suddenly realise that some of the characters, like Lizzie, for example, they look like characters from Planet of the Apes. They and do. so that led me then to thinking that there could be, in an alternate universe, a version of this called Prisoner Cell Block Ape, where you've just got... <laughs> instead, you could either substitute some of the prisoners for apes, or the prison guards, or you could just have a mixture of both. So, yeah, you could do because the, the the plot of Prisoner Subblock H is that these burying prisoners are in prison and well, if the guards are apes, it's essentially prison planet of the ape. It would be yeah, it is. And ape has killed ape and all that and. It's just about the sort of shufflings of power in, in amongst the prisoners, isn't it? Essentially, the show. So, yeah, B. Smith is. They're all scheming to try and get in. Or I don't <laughs> think, trying, Co- I think they ever tried prison Cornelius. break. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Cornelius. That is Cornelius. Yeah, that's um, Galen. It's Cornelius. <laughs> I forget the name of the, the lady. Eight. Um, you could. We, we could. We've actually what we've done is we've found some characters and we've, we've inserted our other favourite characters from the we show have. and amongst them. So we're, we'll we'll Snapchat. We'll Snapchat. What am i am not about. We'll snapshot that image place it in there see what you think of our character choices for our pri- new show that we've devised called prisoner cell block ape Um i think it's a winner
1: i think i think it really is as well yeah I, I'd, I'd watch it
0: <laughs> but i can't, really I, can't good. I honestly can't remember the plot of the show other than it's just lots of shuffling for power in a prison
1: it just, uh, yeah it's just a pr- pr- just prisoners in a prison and that was about it really And eventually some of them one
0: of the, you got cruel guards that would be mean to the prisoners you got prisoners that would try and outfight fight each other. You've got one long life to, you know, long life for type prisoner, which is Lizzie. You never, I don't even remember what she was in for. I know that. At the beginning, it's got that kind of classic opener, isn't it? And then the end music, of course, is the famous. He used to give, used me, to roses. give me roses. I wish yeah. he would again. <laughs> but that was on the outside and things were different then. That's that's the one. Classic. I, I, I mm-hmm. must have watched at least a year's worth of that. I think it's one of the only soaps I've ever really been committed to because it kept me up, allowed me to stay up later, which is always good.
1: That's true. That is true. Prisoner cell block ape. Yep. Also on the 25th of April, US primetime sitcom ALF gets its first broadcasting on television screens in the UK on ITV. Were you ever an ALF fan? No, I was not. It stands for alien life form, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: I didn't like it. I didn't
1: like it at all. I didn't either, no. So I just included it because it was a bit of a cultural thing at the time, was He just had
0: some, what was his catchphrase? It was no problem or something like that, wasn't it?
1: It, Yeah, it's just, it it wasn't very good.
0: The only reason I remember ALF is because of The Simpsons
1: now and that when he's got an ALF pog. (laughs) You remember pogs? He's back. (laughs) ALF's back. In pog form? (laughs) I would put Alf in the same bracket as things like that, dinosaurs and yeah, just, Metal know, Mickey. Metal Mickey, yeah. It's like, what can we have? Have a robot as a central character? We'll have a, have a alien, a dinosaur. Yeah. uh go away. Go away. None of it's none of it's funny. No. Uh, what else we got going on on TV? Well, in April, I've not got a date here, but Channel Four starts broadcasting into the early hours on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays when it launches night time. And one of the programmes is Discussion Programme After Dark, which right. was broadcast live and with no scheduled end time.
0: <laughs> it just went on.
1: It really did. So After Dark was just a discussion. There was just loads of... It was just basically boring suits, wasn't it? Yeah, Pseudo. You know, luminaries, just, sat, just talking and go, oh, Well, you know, I can just talk about this and talk about that. And it was boring things mm. until Oliver Reed turned up. Yeah. He was He Pissed. He was quite drunk <laughs> on that show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So if you ever want to see what After Dark was like, you watch the boring episodes, or just watch the Oliver Reed. We'll see if we can find a YouTube clip. I'm sure there's one around.
0: Oh, there is. I w- I watched the YouTube clip where he blatantly insults this woman to her face, like a really hardcore feminist, and just like, <laughs> it's not, it's not Oliver Reed is not the person you really need in that discussion.
1: It really is not. So we'll we may include a link to that in the show notes. So I think it may be.
0: Do you know some of the viewing figures for that show went to single figures. <laughs> It's a true fact. Because no one's up at three o'clock to watch that. It just Can you imagine it? So how did, how did the viewing figures go this week? Well, we got three. That's less what? than the people that were in it. <laughs> what,
1: 3,000? 3, three million? No, three. Just three. Just three, old, three people. Three people. Three people but we think one of them may have been a dog. <laughs> we're not sure. Oh dear! Uh, that's it. That's TV. What was going on in the world of films, though? Well, third of April, you could get your arm wrestle on, and you could go watch over the top. Oh God! I haven't watched this in ages. So, have you, did you watch this? Before? Yes, yeah, so I did. Fair play to you, sir. What's what's the? It's rubbish. <laughs> it's really, really rubbish. It's exactly as you would expect. He plays a guy called Lincoln Hawk. For God's sake, he does. Is he? Isn't he a truck driver? Is a truck yes. driving arm wrestler? really he, for those who don't know, it's a slice the film. Yes
0: and that's as much thought as went into it. Uh truck driving is an arm wrestling guy. It's more of a um, guy tracking to seeking to impress his young'un. son, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and he's in this world, this arm wrestling world and it's just it's a variation of the Rocky theme. Rough yeah. trucker, done bad, people scheme. He's an up and coming arm wrestler <laughs> slash truck driver. <laughs> people scheme for his downfall cuz he's too good and then you know he has the the he suffers an injury at one point. He doesn't know if he can arm wrestle, but he comes back at the end and arm wrestles and wins. Yay! Of course, he does. Isn't he? It's over the top. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely stupid.
1: Yeah, because over the top is the is the slang, isn't it? When you yeah you over take the someone top, yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. You push him down. And go There's over lots the
0: top. of lots of beads of forehead sweat in that movie, and lots of <laughs> teeth just, gritting. Uh, oh, yeah, well, I've seen other films like that. Well, I haven't seen that much <laughs> teeth gritting and muscle muscle sweating <laughs> since I watched Pumping Iron. So,
1: oh dear. Good old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't remember
0: who plays out any of the characters. It's totally forgettable stuff as well. It is, it is like, I,
1: to be fair, until I saw it come up. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten about this of his eighties uh, films. Totally forgotten about. I remember stopping my mom will shoot more than I remember this. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, I do at least I can yeah. remember that one. This has just completely passed me by. Yeah. What else in his in this bleak style period? Week later, tenth of April, you could go home on the Enterprise go watch Star Trek 4 The Voyage Home yeah The Quest for Wales. this film's stupid
0: yeah and it doesn't involve to be fair the Enterprise isn't in it it's got uh, they're in a Klingon cruiser in that one
1: oh they are aren't they yeah because the Enterprise got blown up in, uh... in the I, thought they, I thought they get it back at the end don't they <laughs> oh who okay. it's 20 odd 30 odd years ago don't they get the, don't they get the Enterprise back yes, at the very yeah, end
0: they've luckily, go, luckily in the short space of time between them travelling back in time and the Earth nearly being destroyed by a giant log with a ball under it <laughs> that talks whale just <laughs> before, luckily in that space of time they still managed to construct an intergalactic spaceship now never mind all the damage that that caused but it boiled half the oceans dry and the tidal waves and everything else it doesn't matter about that so much
1: how so. much marijuana were they on when they came up with this a significant amount <laughs> how much well I'll tell you what so what we doing for the new star trek film we're gonna have to fight the klingons <laughs> no 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 wait, wait wait i got this great idea they go back in time to save the whales, man. Because the there's no more whales. Man. Why would they do that? Because there's a giant log in space. Just, as soon as the so, as soon as the the, the executive hey? that was in
0: that meeting, as soon as somebody said the words "space log," they should have gone <laughs> right. Stop. Stop right there. <laughs> Yes. Why is it a well, log? Why is there a flying log that speaks whale in space? Why? And I suppose in the world of Star Trek, it doesn't matter. It's just a thing.
1: Because the whales are part of the harmony of the world, oh, man, and we no. kill them all off. And if they kill them all off, it breaks the natural but, order. No, it's
0: a very specific kind of whale. It doesn't speak. Kill whale. Hump, it's humpback. Humpback. Yeah. Yeah, so all the all the other whales, are like for fuck's sake. Yeah. What made the humpback so special? Where are you?
1: Talk to us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, not, not talking to you. Um, you don't speak. That's hump. dolphins. <laughs> it's not all the same mammal, it's mammalian. Whale. Whales are
2: more. Well, so that's
0: humpback whales, but <laughs> killer whales all go.
1: <laughs>
0: Oi! <laughs> well, they're eating you. <laughs> <don't mean>
1: you. <laughs> I'm eating you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating you. <laughs> so there's a lot. Of,
0: there's a lot of problems with with Voyage Home. The least of which is that it's some kind of bizarre half-ass comedy.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: It's because I think what they wanted was something that would detract from the ridiculous seriousness of the of the third one, The Search for Spock, which is really, it's the, one of the darkest and, and bleakest Star Trek movies, you know, his son gets stabbed, the planet mm-hmm. of, the, the hope for the, the Genesis planet explodes, it's just everything that happens in the third movie, aside from them finding Spock, who handily enough has just grown to the exact same age and size that he was <laughs> Prior to that, so it's a good job they got off the planet when they did, because you know what, it would have, it would have just been neither. You can't imagine Spock as a nine-year-old on the ship, or as a functioning. But then again, he does come back as a crusty 170 year old in all the other films. But anyway, yeah. um, so in this one, so it's just from following the bleakness of the third movie, they had to come back with something that was, I think, they felt it was a bit more, they need to be more lighthearted. And here you go. It's a fish out of water comedy and a ridiculous one at that with really stupid, some ace moments in it. So it's always the same with the bad Star Trek movies. They always have one or two really good moments. So the bit where they, they uncloak the bird of prey over the ship that's about to kill the exact whales that they're looking for. Yes. So, but moments like that in it are good silly moments though when they beam on board a, a nuclear vessel nuclear vessel a nuclear vessel and he falls and bangs his head on some stairs and then for some reason needs brain surgery um <laughs>
1: just stupid the film is stupid it and is they're also stupid. wandering they're wandering around San Francisco in that in those clothes they're
0: wandering around st- talking you know and it's just the fish out of water bits. They're the, the bits that are meant to be funny i don't it's directed by Leonard Nimoy that one it is and it's just and I think, do you know what really doesn't help with it? It's got the worst soundtrack of any of the Star Trek movies. I mean, it's horrible. It's Maurice Jarre. It's just horrible, the soundtrack. It's really horrid. It's not anything that you'd recognise as Star Trek in any possible way, shape or form. And I don't get why they did that. Yep. Not my favourites. I like I like it, but it's not my favourite one of the Star Trek. No, it's not. It's not.
1: 10th of April, again, same day. More sci-fi, Flight of the Navigator, from that guy that made Grease in the Blue Lagoon. Yeah, that's the guy. Who, who's,
0: who's that guy? You'd have to look him up, I can't remember, but that's the guy. Uh, okay,
1: well, let's have a look. I can tell you who it is. You bear with me one it's moment. A, it's an right?
0: interesting film, Flight of the Navigator, in all sorts of all sorts Ra- of ways. Randall
1: Kleiser. Randall Kleiser.
0: Just because of some of the things that are in it that make it really unique. It's got early CGI in it. It's got some really, mm. really clever effects in it. There's actually a really good YouTube YouTuber, but a really good YouTube guy. Who does breakdowns of things of the special effects. Now it's different to the Corridor Crew, which is another YouTube channel, which is really good. But there's this is one particular guy, and I'll post a link to his YouTube on in the show notes, who does an incredibly detailed breakdown, shot by shot breakdown of some of the really clever effects that are in Flat Navigator because it's lost, some of it's lost when you watch the film. You don't realize how difficult some of those shots are and were to fully put together in that film. It's because it's it's belies most of it with lots of guff so the actual mm. flight of the navigator is kind of a, almost an afterthought in that film but i like it do you like
1: the film flight of navigator when was the last time you watched it's, it? it many many years ago it's all right it's not what i can really have any desire to go back to it's okay well, the one thing i one thing i like about that film
0: i mean aside from some, some of the creatures and the voice of the uh, the I navigator just remember, i just remember stuff. floaty steps floaty yeah, bubbly yeah, steps. yeah that's what i mean there's some just there's some lots of big scale models and clever stuff in, 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 in and around how they did the spaceship and how they made mm. it sort of look like it was taking off because they had a giant crane that lifted it up to do some of that. It's not some of it is actual proper old fashioned mechanical physical mm. effects. But the part I like about that is that when the kid disappears in the film and he comes back years later and he's the same, everyone's moved on in time, which is kind of what um, later um, Interstellar does in that he's gone and yeah, yeah. gone somewhere and this spaceship comes back and that, that, that part where he comes back and he's, he sees his parents and the parents had had a funeral and thought he was dead. It's actually a really good part of that movie. It's, but it's really what you, everyone's waiting for is the bit that was in the trailers and all the all the marketing around it was where he's in the spaceship looking at all the weird little creatures that the navigators gathered up from wherever his travels are. But um yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's 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 right. worth it's worth a revisit, and it's because it's got a very young Sarah Jessica Parker in there, hiding in there somewhere it has, and
1: and Pee Wee. Yeah, he's is, the oh, the voice yeah. of
0: the uh, the navigator.
1: Yeah, just to say that uh, Randall Kleiser also directed "Honey, I Blew Up the Kid" and "Honey, I Shrunk the Audience." Honey I short the afterwards. Well, <laughs> "Honey, I Blew Up the Kid," he did that, which was obviously the sequel, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. A yeah.
1: couple of weeks later, twenty first of April, "The Gate" mm. uh, came out. So this is one of those mid eighties horror films sort mm. of co- not not horror horrory not comedy horror but sort of a bit more lighthearted, in the vein of things like house critters and those kind of things yeah. so I, I put that in there i seem to remember this being okay it is what it is it's but it's very fundamentally thoroughly in that bracket of horror from the mid to late 80s yeah um i saw this because it just went to video and i saw it on video yeah. uh probably around the same time as i saw house okay. and house two and those kind of things yeah, yeah it's all right it's just it's one of them i'll track it down what was the other one? Things like a uh, troll.
0: Yeah, it's, there's a peak. There's a peak period of those kind, isn't? So I will I will track it down because some of them are little gems.
1: Yeah, wax wax work, I Suppose mm-hmm. just have a look on IMDb for some other ones. Pumpkin yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want maybe not from beyond. No, <laughs> it's not that weird. Not again. <laughs> but seriously, we get all serious on the 24th of April. Mm-hmm. We will be looking at the game of this at some point. Uh, Platoon. Yeah. Um. So heavyweight filmic stuff appears. This is a kind of a big heavy film, isn't it? Yes. For for the for the period. Um so this is uh Oliver Stone and yeah, it's the first of his trilogy of his kind of uh, sort of autobiographical semi well, based on his experiences of being in the Vietnam War and, and America's culpability and everything within that and what went on. So he, he was this Born on the Fourth with Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise and Heaven and Earth, which was Tommy Lee Jones if mm, I remember rightly. I think so, yeah. so this is Charlie Sheen William Dafoe Amelia Tom Berenger. Mm, I'm not sure if Emilio Westerfez is in it Kevin Bacon um, I don't know I don't know maybe uh, if not it's probably somewhere around Tom Berenger, Keith David's in it yeah I can see that um, Forrest Whitaker Kevin Dillon John McGinley yeah. it's a big film and and it's essentially you know it's it's, it's, um, it's just it's 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 uh it's almost i don't know if it's the first because I, I i don't how do you say it is, but it's really the first big film from hollywood that explored we've had things like deer hunter mm. and things like that which was the post-war yeah things of what went on and the psychological impacts and there have been films around like that um but this was one of the first films from hollywood that sort of tried to have a look at or try to show the experience of you know the soldiers the gis on the ground mm. within the actual war itself i don't The maybe host. There was a slew that came out when you had this Hamburger Hill Mm. uh, from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, yeah. There was a a lot of these that came through, but this was really the first, the first I remember is the first big one that really sort of opened that, kind of not that floodgate, but it showed what it was like. And and it was very, wasn't, it's not a particularly woo ha, hoorah, America film. Um, And Oliver Stone was very critical of the uh, administration and the whole reason for the war and everything and that would go on and fuel jfk and things like mm-hmm.
0: that yeah because it's i mean i suppose it, it's it's a change of heraldry the apocalypse now
1: apocalypse now that's the other one yeah that's well, one it, that's well it, the called.
0: thing is it, it's that because that deals with things in a in a slight different slightly different way this isn't this is more about those not regular regular yeah just not being not being about sort of making heroes of people it's not a you know it's not an action movie in that sense it's not people going to battle and follow me men and over the hill and Lots of heroic, fancy sort of stuff. This is a blood and guts, warts and all portrayal of something truly grim, told in a way that films hadn't really talked about and and delivered in that way on that scale mm. in that in that manner. In a kind of a and, and so well written, it deserved it. It was nominated for eight Academy Awards, won for including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Sound, Best Film Editing. And, and I can see why it won those. It's a it's a great film. Platoon, if if great is something you can call a film of that, that yeah. sort of Tales tale of Horror. Um, I think I prefer Born on the Fourth of July out of the three, but Platoon is a really, really good film. And you're right, it did certainly open the doors for many, many films to follow.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it already shown. Because, he's, he's, I mean, his film directly before this is Salvador. So if you, if you yes, watch Salvador, yes. James Woods one, and that's similar sort yeah, of... Yeah, that's heartbreaking, that film as well. It, it is, yeah, but it has that similar sort of view of American and American foreign policy yeah. that clearly, you know, would go on to infuse a lot of his films, like I said, so Born on the Fort, JK, Heaven and Earth, and even things like Nixon, Natural Born Killers. Yeah. He, he has a certain particular point of view of America and what it's like. And, yeah... I, I remember there's another one I saw where we gave to another classic one sort of thing. Mm, and this was, a, you know, fifth, fifth, coming out of this age 15 was a proper like, oh my God. Yeah. Bit of an eye opener that. Yeah. Mm. We'll talk about the music, I think, at some point. Because mm. uh, there's a great, horrible, uh, or are we, have we already? I can't remember. Yeah, we mentioned the yeah, Adagio. We did. Area, yeah, we yeah. mentioned the yeah. Strings. We've done it already, haven't we? On the flip side of that, you could have gone and watched Tough Guys. You could. You could have gone and watched Tough Guys, which was Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas, mm. which was, were they just sort of... Old, old gangsters. Old gang doing a bank robbery or something, if I remember right.
0: Essentially, now. yeah, yeah. It was just it was a bit of a quirky misfire, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, they were sort of trying to come back and sort of be the, didn't they? I I really don't remember much of this. No,
0: no, I I didn't. I I wasn't going to watch it again. I remember the more Bert Lancaster being kind of a. I remember him wearing the kind of zoot suit and the and the hat. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, yeah. It's just I don't know. It's not not for me. They're trying rob a train by the looks of it. By a quick look of it, mm. I haven't watched it, and I have no real desire to go watch it again. I have to say, not again. Yeah. I think I think I have seen it. I think it was when it came out, but just because you watched everything back then. Yeah, that's it. I think there that's we up. go. That's your, that's your TV and film. So a good chunk there. So what? What do we have? We have through that we went through a keyhole. The Australian people got to experience Thomas the Tank Engine. We, we like war games. The tube quit. We had prisoner cell block H. Yeah, that was a swap, wasn't it? We, we gave them Thomas the Tank Engine. They gave us <laughs> prisoner <laughs> cell block H. <laughs> I'm not sure who came off the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Could you
0: imagine Prisoner Cellbook H is narrated by Ringo Starr? Oh, that'd be brilliant. You know what? We're putting that into Prisoner Cellbook Ape. <laughs> That's going to have a Ringo Starr type character.
1: <laughs> <it>? Lizzie Borden. <laughs> pulled in, pulled up, opened up this trouser press.
0: Trouser <laughs> press power.
1: And then Oliver Reed got pissed on after dark films. With, there was Stallone going over the top logs in space in star trek 4 <laughs> flight of the navigator the gate platoon and tough guys there you go so that's your film and tv crazy bunch of stuff going on yeah yeah april April was a crazy weird month. april uh it was indeed so that's that stick around because we're going to be back we've got another little break coming up and then we'll be back after that we've got our last set of games mean we've got coming up one two three four five games coming up after the break uh, and we've also got some crapverts, which yeah. is nice uh so we'll be back with them in a bit see you then <laughs>
3: Escape from the Commodore 64 by David Hearn is out now. Crash landing on a green planet full of vector graphics, can Sarah find a way to escape for real? Or is she stranded on a planet full of sun, sea and chippy tea forever? Imagine finding yourself in a cinematic karate game, having to rescue a princess or remain stuck under the run-stop key forever. What about finding yourself on a space freighter full of robots? Could you clear the decks? If you were transported back to a wild west town having to round up outlaws, could you survive until sunset? What if you were a wizard with a cat who must color worlds? Could you beat the game, or would a virtual guitar solo announce your demise? Sarah might just be another visitor, but she doesn't want to stay a while, never mind forever. Available from Amazon and all good online retailers, discover if there's a way out in Escape from the Commodore 64. Visit davidhernwriter.com to find out more.
1: Okay, welcome back. Our last section, last set of games. So let's get into them. Quick smart. First up is uh, Void Runner. We've got a budget title. This is 1.99. So this is a Jeff Minter game. We've got another Jeff Minter game, I think. This, isn't it? I'm guessing this is a Jeff. Minter yeah, yeah, yes, yak, yes. Yak, yak yeah, yeah. Yak all over it. Oh, this is um, Jeff Minter, all right. Yeah. So there's something. There's a story. There is a story. There's something here about the droid wars coming to a head between man and machine. And hertha has got wind that the droids are going to launch nukes or something at them, so they send off their best fleet of shooters to take down the droid once and for all. That's there Sounds you go. Sounds about right. Uh, so what we have? So what does this mean? Well, it means we have Jeff Minter doing his version of Centipede. Yeah, essentially. essentially. Um, and all the madness that that entails, because it does. You control four ships in a squadron, okay? So the, the basis of this is you control four ships. And so this. The, why have you got four ships? Well, that will come up, come ob- well, more obvious as, as the game progresses. So at first, they're in like a squadron, so it's like like a little V-shape, sort uh, of one bottom left. Yeah. yeah, formation. One bottom left, two in the center, and then one bottom right. So that kind of V, sort of, a sort of arc. And everything's firing up. So aliens come down. They're like those in Centipede. They appear from the top, and you have to shoot everything. If you shoot some of them, they turn into barriers. So then they the other, the ones coming after them turn round and head back. And Centipede logic. Mm-hmm. You know Centipede. Everyone knows Centipede. It's doing that. You have to shoot everything that moves, essentially. If you're one of your little four ships get hit, you lose a life. So it's basic arcade Mm-hmm. simple you know there's nothing massively clever about this moving up and down the screen is a, like a, i can only describe as a raster bar Yeah. it moves just constantly up and down the screen all the times and you don't know why but sometimes it just it just drops a line and contact with this line will kill you i, I don't know why it's just there once on the second level it reverses so so we're instantly into weirdness sort of thing because now he's shooting downwards mm-hmm. and that sounds simple but hard Hard to get your head around that. (laughs) Suddenly working from top to bottom. I've never. It's just okay. That's weird. Get to the third level, and then you're you're basically your ships then form like a, a compass. So top, bottom, left, right, firing in the four directions. And alien's coming in from the li- right, left, bottom and top. So you're firing all over the place. You can move all around the screen as well, kind of like you can in mm-hmm. Centipede. So you're not like tied to the bottom. You can just move all over the shop and you move very fast and everything moves very fast. So that was as far as I got, I have to say, the third level. Mm-hmm. It gets very fast. It's very hard. Um, it's very Jeff Minter. The screen looks like a badly tuned in TV um, is the best way I can describe this because it's like got static and character effects filling hmm. the screen. It's just, it's just a wall of visual noise yep. and it just, just filling it const- constantly from the moment it loads. Um, and at time, it's kind of some kind of weird emulation of an Atari 2600 game. Yeah. Um. In the way that it looks and the way that it feels, it's really odd. But it's, and it's what they've done is it's got this Tetris 600 game, but it's got with the power of a, the C64 behind it. So mm. it's kind of this weird. It's almost you know this is like a retro game, a, a retro game of a retro game. It's like us playing a retro game that's doing yeah. a retro retro game. It's a weird weird thing. It's fast, it's frenetic, but but really at its heart it's Centipede. And so your mileage from this I put will really depend on two things: how much you like Centipede and how much you like Jeff Minter's when he does his over the top visual noise stylings mm-hmm. because it's one of those two things if you know for two quid there's a good shooter here it's, it's good value i guess because it's a it's fast it's frantic and it has that typical minter polish should we say even though it looks doesn't look amazing it's got it where it counts mm. it plays spectacularly fluidly should we say because it's mm. really fast there's no dr- slow down here whatsoever it's just pff- Let's go. Problem is, if you don't get on with either of those things, you don't like centipede very much, or you don't get on with Jeff Minter's stuff. You're not going to get on with this. No. And because it's 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 Minter on acid with in retro retro trousers, it's crazy. It's crazy. It was you've put. I'll I'll let you describe what picture you've put, sort of thing. But you were you were messaging me before I played this, Mm. (laughs) telling telling me to uh, before I started this, get some headache pills. Yeah, um, some parasail or something, and uh, you weren't wrong. Yeah, this is a this is an a, a visual assault on the senses. And there's not a lot like this. This is such a an out there sort of release that it's hard to kind of sort of rate it really because I, I don't know. They get Zap gave it 85. Completely see why because it's it's unlike a lot of things and it's and again it's it's a weird thing because the I found them going on about how original this felt and how amazing and how fast and thing and I was like you thinking hang on a minute you've 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 done you've spent two games slagging off Breakout mm. um in the same issue and essentially this is Centipede yeah let's let's not but they don't mention. The word yeah. centipede in the entire review but as soon as i started playing this mm. i thought this is centipede yeah or, or millipede whatever you're know, in the late one but that's what i thought so if you like those things you'll probably get on with this if you mm. like fast single screen blasters small character graphics and visual static and centipede you'll probably like this if not Steer clear because it will give you a headache. Yes. I'm guessing you have got a headache from it. Yeah, I think at the time,
0: paracetamols were expensive. And so, <laughs> this, you would have needed some paracetamols, I think. Um now, of course, because of the way that things changed over time, they're now about 28p a box. So, you, you're probably better off. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's classic jeff mint at this you know as soon as you load it up there's no mistaking who is behind this right from the stroboscopic yeah. crazy that pervades the whole thing it's just i find that it's all a very good graphic color window dressing to something that that is essentially centipede and i'm looking for a bit more out of jeff mint games at this point we've already had a Redis Alpha, which is a little bit had a little bit more behind it a little bit more breadth of design so this feels like a literally a retrograde step, and it's just—and don't get me wrong—part of the idea of it is quite good. The way that the ships have different formations and the way that they change per level, and that I quite like that. But I could just couldn't play it for long because I found it was as nauseous and a nausea-inducing, headache-inducing thing with all the flashing and the strobing and the colours and the movement and the text and the continuously colour strobing stuff. I'm like, oh, I just I get tired of that. So I'm afraid I fall into the. I I think Jeff Minter is an an incredible guy. And I admire that you're no mistaking who makes these games when they do them. And and, and that's to his credit. I just find them visually tiring, you know, in a way Mm. that just now, especially now I'm older, I think, oh, no. (laughs) So I think it just, I I much prefer, I mean, I know Iridis Alpha is... Is um, insanely difficult with the liquor ships and all that stuff. But I prefer the design ideas that were in that with the two screen thing and the left and the right and and just the, the the design general design was better. This is just centipede with strobe strobe lights in your eyes. And okay, if you like it for one ninety nine, it's it's good value. There's no denying that. But I just don't I don't think I could play it for long without really re, without needing to take breaks, regular breaks. It was just a bit much.
1: I, I get the impression, and I may be completely wrong here, but I, I sort of hack back to our. Uh, when we spoke to John Hare and, and their um rationale when they did Galaxy Birds and then the later one that the, you they make these bigger games and I imagine Minster mm. so they make Redis Alpha and they did Battle and stuff. So and maybe this is just a palette cleanser to him. Yeah, it's just absolutely. I'm gonna knock this I'm just gonna knock this out and then sell it at two quid. Mastertronic will sell it at two quid. Yeah. And it just it just clears his you know creative juices. He's just like yeah. gets something out and just clears it. And so I, I'm thinking that it's not a I get what you're saying about like it's it's looking at a thingy but he just takes an arcade game and just puts them into spin on it and doesn't really think much too much more about it i may be completely wrong oh, but that's the feeling i got feeling i got from this so uh,
0: this budget price it's perfectly good at 199 there's nothing wrong with that yeah it's perfect pocket money game you're not going to hate it and you're gonna you know you're gonna and it's gonna keep you occupied for a while and headache or yeah. not, you know, you, you, there's a lot. There's things to like about it, and its presentation might be wild, but its its presentation is what it is. Yeah. You go into that game knowing full well what you're going to get, and you get it. Now it delivers, and I think that's why it gets the score. I think.
1: Well, I would say that if you play, started playing this on a if this if you played this on a Sunday afternoon, you played it for too long before you knew it. You sort of think you'd be waking up Monday morning wondering where the evening went because you'd, you'd you'd have gone into some stroboscopic trance. Well, that's why I posted that image from
0: 2001 yeah, of uh, <laughs> exactly. Bowman going through the you know infinite and beyond, or whatever it's colder because that's how I felt when I was playing it I was just like (laughs) my my eyes started blinking loads more than they should and I'm like so um, I thought I've got to turn this off I was just slow I found everything was in slow motion for about a day afterwards I'm like What's going on because um, they're just my eyes have been f- flutter bombed
1: <laughs> that hummingbird is really slow yeah. i can see its wings beating how many cups of coffee have i had
0: felt like that moment in um in futurama <laughs> when fry had the 201st cup of coffee yeah. or whatever it is i felt like that Bing. yeah
1: yep yeah it is a it is an attack on the senses this game but for two quid yeah it's worth it yeah it's worth it two worth quid it, it is there i go let's uh let's move swiftly on Graham, this is a game I'd never heard of, Mm. kind of strange. This is Magic Madness. Uh, so do you want to tell us about? Before you do, though, I, I did um, grab the two. This has obviously been re, this was obviously re-released at a budget title. I put these in the agenda. I'll, I'll put these two shots. I saw out. the two images. One, yeah. one of those is not representative of the game, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think I don't think either of them are really. Uh, maybe the Magic Mantras on the left, the one with TS software in it, is that's that's more akin to it. The, the one on the right looks more like some kind of Arabian Nights slash, <laughs> slash weird, Thundercats. I think they are <laughs> They've definitely borrowed a little bit of Mumra logic for the way, he look, way he's looking there. but Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll probably post this on Twitter somewhere and you, and you yeah. can make your own decision, but it's a bit of a weird one. Anyway, go on then. Tell us all about uh, Magic so, Madness. This
0: is from Marcolo Softwares and the, and the developer is Jean-Francois Deweger. Wurgifosi, Wurgifos, 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 I don't know. John Francois, right. did it? So this in the magical fantasy land of Nevermore. Um, so it's the magical fantasy land of Nevermore, which was home to four magicians, each of which ruled peacefully and happily with the aid of special magic scrolls, from which they drew their knowledge and power. As is always the case, this utopia is ruined by Kolo, the wizard, who kills the four magicians and steals their scrolls. The bastard. Cue the subsequent land falling into disrepair, disillusion, and darkness which felt to me like they must have been watching the film Legend. And understandably, the good people of Nevermore aren't fussed with this new management, and luckily, a good witch, who happens to have been the apprentice of the magicians, and knew of the magic scripts, and how the mighty Colo could be defeated, was just hanging about with very really little to do, so the people employ that witch to enter Colo's burrow, lair, bunker, burrow, kill Colo, and get the scrolls back. The witch, you, have four magic items that you can protect yourself with, a cape across a wand and an hourglass, each has different ways of helping you deal with the monsters that lie in Colo's lair, it doesn't really explain anywhere what how or why but never mind so your mission is to enter essentially wander around the four levels of colo's lair that's heaven forest cavern and ice and um, which are in this game presented by their uh, left and right scrolling corridors or environments scrolling environments corridors corridors mm-hmm. looking for scrolls and dealing with the monsters that are lurking within there are the usual chests lying around containing items which you can use to help you which include things like magical weapons bonus points And even a balloon, which you can use to float back up to the levels because in this game you can go up and down the levels by falling down holes jumping back up again you can go all the way to the top or the bottom and just you know move your way around the different levels if you like and you're actually looking for the scrolls and are you end up finding the guardian anteaters that have them weird um the <laughs> the eight different weapons that you can choose from um are on your display when you have them so you've got shooting which is the magic one you've got a cutter which is like a knife time stop shield fire guard chasm which is a magic rod and quick which is a speed potion so pressing the space bar helps you select the weapons which when you've got them so which which you can use to kill different things. And the scrolls, I say, are guarded by anteaters. <laughs> yep, anteaters. Yeah. Uh, when you find that, you give you get given one of the scrolls, and obviously when you get all four, you get to take on Kolo himself and kill him and hopefully restore peace to the lovely land of Nevermore and win said game. This game is played out in medium res. Um, our favourite res um, for the Goblin of 64. <laughs> well, absolute favourite. It's our favourite. The bestest res there is. <laughs> some badly drawn sprites that kind of look like kind of look like what they're meant to be so it kind of looks like a witch and they kind of look like monsters but they're kind of bloody bitty wideness um, they essentially walk around the corridors and you've got to either avoid or kill the enemies collect the stuff out of the chest jump drop the UI at the top line is your score the high score and then there's two player score I didn't quite get out two player would work I don't know anyway uh, and then you've got the eight items you can cycle through uh, at the bottom there and the timer for which you need to keep an eye on and a mini map thing which made no sense whatsoever I think that's what it was um, which was below that in a tiny little window and then you've got the play area where you can jump if you're in the top corridor directly into the ui space which felt a bit odd so yeah it is weird but but you know a lot of this game is yeah so I, i don't know if i like that much but you sort of mooch around the game and do that i thought the game was okay i guess if you like this kind of arcade adventure exploring it's it's got some half-decent sounds in it, and it plays okay. It reminded me a little bit of Shogun, in a way. I don't know quite why, There was a Shogun-y vibe about it. Not in the game way, but the kind of look. It's not amazing, this game. No one's ever saying it's going to be amazing, but it's got a few little nice ideas. It's got a very complete story. It's not over egging the pudding so much. So You haven't got a 60-page manual to go with it and all the rest of it and a keyboard yeah. overlaying so it's not amazing but it's got some nice ideas and features and little touches that i liked i like the fact that like the little way you enter your name on the high score screen he goes in like a little ice world thing and i quite like little mm. touches like that in games yeah the version i had had no music which was weird. So it had just had sound, and I couldn't find a way to switch the music on. So I checked the HVSC uh, Sid archive for the David Dunn music, which was a weird version of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. And I can't help but feel that would have added something to the game had you been able to, had I been able to hear the audio in that. I was working on mine. Yeah, it, it just didn't play. So I had no music in it oh. at all. So I got yes. some sound effects and stuff, and I thought, and that would have added quite a bit of yeah, it does coherence to the game. It made it feel a bit bit better. So I gave it a bit more credit for that. Now this isn't a terrible game. And it is just kind of above average. It's maybe a little bit more above average. I thought it was all right. They're not, these aren't the kind of games I'm going to go for generally. Sort of wander around the corridors, and but it's 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 of a formula, and the formula isn't terrible. And it's 7.95. It's not the best of these. And it's certainly not the worst of these. So it kind of it's just it's a bit above average, and there's some nice little bits in it. So if you got it, you'd probably enjoy it and play it through to completion. At least it's got a story that you feel you could get get to the end of. Mm. Um, so I yeah, thought yeah. it was all right. Uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, pretty much Like I said, I'd never heard of this. Anyway, shape, form, just not cross my radar in anywhere. I never even what know. So it's a le- it's an odd left to right scrolling magic come up, I suppose. And I put this gameplay, you know, reminiscent of something like Green Beret in the same way that Druid is reminiscent of Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So because you're moving left to right, aren't you? Not, not quite often. You're just using your staff to stab stuff as it comes at you. That's Green Beret, isn't it? Yeah, stabby, stabby.
0: Yeah, there's that logic.
1: So there's that, so That's the kind of logic you have got here. But you can and you can jump over things. I like the fact that the you had the sort of Mario style. Bigger or smaller jump, the longer you hold down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, So you could do a you could do a quick leap if you needed to get down quick, or a, a long leap if you need to cover more. So that was quite nice. You know, I like that kind of that kind of level of control you've mm-hmm. got. Yeah, you just wander along some scrolls. I could never avoid the guy at the top, though, when you very first start. He no. just always grabbed me and dragged me down to the bottom. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's like supposed to happen. I think, or that's meant to happen yeah. I think it's supposed to happen. You start at the bottom. It also, there was also elements like that where you can move up through the levels and you go up and down and down like that. Of that one we played uh, last week, Fifth Axis. Yeah, yeah. I
0: thought that. Where you fall down the holes was similar.
1: Yeah, so that, that kind of thing. There's that kind of thing going on again here. It's not, you've just got to find those four scrolls. It's not dead fast, but it's not slow either. It's no. just a nice, it's medium res, medium speed, it's medium. It's average. It's all right. Yeah. It's perfectly okay. It's responsive though, which I quite like. So I didn't feel like I was dying because of the game. I was dying because of my fault. Yeah, yeah. I Wasn't planning properly or whatever like that. Um. Yeah. The the sprites are a bit weird. Like the little sort of brown sort of goblin creatures that come at you and the wizardy things that you can shoot and stuff. I like the fact that there's different things to mm-hmm. the the brown monsters that you've got to jump over them or stab them. The other ones you can shoot with your magic. Did you have, did you get the um homing cloud? Yeah, yeah. At all. That's quite good as well because it just just takes everything out. It's like, Oh, that's nice. I like that. So that was all right. Um, yeah, the music did work in mine. So it is a rendition of The Sorcerer's Apprentice and it's quite. I thought it's quite apt. Mm. So it's nice to hear a bit of music that fits, that's taken from something else that is actually apt to the game and did make it, it was an okay version of it, so it was all right. But this is, this is okay and odd, but I think exactly like what you've put, I'd have got a fair bit of enjoyment from this when I was younger. Yeah. I think I would have happily played this quite a while and I think I would have maybe even persevered to try and work my way through to the end. Yeah, I think so. There's later on games like, in this style will be things like Yusagi you jimbo yeah um and that kind of walk left to right fighting stuff this is that it's, it's mm. early, you know it's versions of that so i've always got time for those kind of things for some I don't know it kind of appeals to me those kind of games but it's not about collect the thing to find the thing to put in the thing to do the thing mm. this is about walking to the right and stabbing stuff I think that says more about me than anything but you know whatever it does whatever you, you do you. like your stabby games I do like my walking left to right and stabbing stuff I can't work out you know, I am what I am but this was alright yeah and and there was yeah it's 58 yeah maybe a bit higher but certainly no lower this was an, uh, an unexpected um, enjoyable mm, little, yeah. little romp no, I've never of it before this so completely no but uh don't go by that second release whatever it was obviously that's the budget release because it's nothing to do with uh i think it's aztec looks aztecky aztec temples and weirdness stupid but yeah no it's it's weird yeah there we go that's magic madness that was okay we didn't mind that one let's move along then into our next one So what's up next? Uh, we've got another arcade conversion. It's another Data East US Gold mm. thing. Uh, and so, but this one is Express Raider. So Express Raider was an arcade game. So this has been converted by, by then by US Gold. Um, and it was cu- developed by. And I'm going to I'm going to try and pronounce these names. Okay. But I apologize. So this was developed by Zoltan Kanajai, Zoltan Shigler, Istvan Ratkai, and Ferenc Frank. Okay. Uh, with graphics by Melinda Legradi and sound by Istvan Tosji. Okay. I think I don't. I don't want to. Maybe Turkish. I don't. I don't know. I, I can't. I, I don't. I don't know. But the, no idea. The, the names come from sound like somewhere. Anyway, I've never heard of them, and, and I can't find anything else they did. So you know, there you go. So this is just a one-off. So they've developed this, and and this is a so this uh, arcade game. So it's a multi-part arcade game, um, and essentially you are a train robber. Uh, so you want to rob the train of its gold so the game starts and it's a weird structure to this game because the mm. game starts with you at the so that you start at the sort of uh the engine of, of the train and so you've got to beat up the driver and so there's a little sort of beat him up mode so he moves them mm. it's okay you can jump kick low punch it's nothing. a scrapper it's a scrapper so once you beat him up you then get uh the train starts to pull away while it does that you get attacked by cougars, which you can punch for bonus points. Yeah. So do the low punch for them. Once you, once the train basically gets you to the, you, you know, you stand still, the train goes past. Once the train is at the end, so you're level with the end of the train, you jump up onto the roof of the train. So at this point, it becomes the main meat of the game. And the main meat of the game is you basically got to work your way along the roofs of the train. Each roof of the train has a particular type of uh, different opponent on it. So some of them are just plain beat them up. So you just have to beat them up saves you, but you've got a timer on each one. If you take too long, a bomb appears and blows up and blows up the carriage basically, it blows up the link between the uh, carriages. Um, and you you get you lose a life. Uh, others you have to crouch down as they throw bottles at you, some you have to lay down as they shoot their shotgun at you. And you basically got, for those ones, you just got to sort of walk towards them, crouch in, get back up when they're sort of in between, and then get to them and beat them up and knock them off. Once you get to the front of the train, yeah, you, uh, you then get the gold, um, and everything's all right. You get a little well done. And then it switches to its second sort of, or third, even third section. And in this section, you are riding a horse as the train uh, alongside the side of the train. Uh, and you have to control the horse moving up or down, left and right, um, along alongside each carriage. And people on the train will pop up from behind obstacles and shoot at you. Um, and you have to shoot them when they pop up and you sort of, you're, you always shoot at sort of same distance away from you and in front of you. So you have to move your horse in front of them and, and up and down to get the get the positioning of your bullet right. They don't stay stood up for very long and it's quite tricky. You've got to get a number of them. you should shoot about five or six of them. If you do that, you progress to the next carriage and repeat. Each carriage is slightly different. Some will be popping up from behind things. Some of them are flat so they'll just pop up from behind. Other ones have windows which they roll up um, and they appear from behind windows shooting at you. And that's it. So then you've got to make your way to the front of the train again. You get loads of lives. I know it's tons mm. and you that, and nicely as well, when you do run out run out of lives, you start at the same point again, so it's mm. quite nice. It's very arcade-y, it's fast, and I thought this was a... I looked at the arcade version, obviously that's got much nicer graphics. The graphics on this are okay, um, but I thought it was a pretty decent conversion of it, uh, of, the, of the arcade original. Everything that I could see in the arcade is here, pretty much. Mm. The graphics, like I said, have taken a bit of a hit, but they're still pretty decent. The scrolling backgrounds are good, the speed at which it all runs is fast, the music's nothing special, but the gameplay of the arcade is re- recreated faithfully it's all here i had this completely confused with something else because i was dreading coming to play this and i don't know what the other game is There's some other western game on a train mm-hmm. i don't know what it was but it wasn't this and so i was pleasantly surprised when i played this because it all worked pretty well in the second section controlling the horse and shooting the people it's is pretty tricky it's quite hard at that section but enjoyable mm-hmm. and there's little nice touches like be you can shoot the bullets out of the air. Mm. Um, if you you know if you manage to shoot them, so um, that's quite good. But I did find that the collision detection when you shot them was not always spot on. And you're Like yeah. I'm sure I shot them. It could have could have been a little bit better. After breakthrough, which was the last data east US gold, I think conversion we had, mm. I had very low very low expectations because obviously, and I said I thought this was something else. But I was very pleasantly surprised because this was fun. And and not really an arcade game I was particularly familiar with. Um I have to say. So like Arcanoid, not one I'm not sure if I've seen it in the arcade. I may have seen it somewhere along the Cleethorpe's front at some point and thought, oh, looks alright. But when I had a look on YouTube and watched it being played, I thought this was a decent conversion, really, that really did look like it captured the spirit of the arcade. Only thing I would have liked to have seen was a, a different font, because it's got the basic Commodore font, hasn't it? Mm, for yeah. the interstitial screens, and, and they look a bit bare bones. It would have been nicer to have a you know, a Western mm. font, should we say, or something like that. Aside from that, this was good. Um, I enjoyed this. I only got 60%, which I get because it's, it's an arcade thing, but I think maybe a bit higher. I don't know. I enjoyed this. What did, what did you think? Same. I thought it was good. I'd never, I'd seen it. I'd never played
0: it. And i have never played the arcade. i have never seen the arcade. So I did the same as you. Where I took a quick look at the old arcade on YouTube and thought, okay, played this version. I thought, it's all there. It might be a bit blockier and a bit rough around the edges, but in the same way that um, Kung Fu Master was all there it's all there yeah there's a lot to like you know i I like the fighting i like the the, i like the whole thing the graphics were blocky but they ran fast enough it kept the arcade pace it's quite good sounds the game logic was fine you get plenty of lives i think the only real downer to this is that there's only eight levels and i don't know how long it's going to take you to do them because eventually you're going to do them i got quite a way into the game and i was coming at this from never playing it so Mm. longevity might be an issue but it's a load. Of, it's fun for a tenner. is a bit much in it. Yeah, well? and I think that was their main bugbear, wasn't it? That this was ten pounds, and it's a lot to ask for something. Now, this had been one ninety nine. Not that it was ever going to be, but if this was one ninety nine, nah. this would have been an outright brilliant game for one ninety nine, or even two ninety nine. I liked it. I thought I. I actually liked the energy and the fun of it. It felt like a fun game. So many of these other games we've played, not of this type, but other games have just gone really serious. They've really mm. serious stories, and they've really laid in all of the various sci-fi nonsense to some of them, and they're just a bit heavy. The previous two games, this one and, and the Magic Madness, the Magic Madness has got a bit more of a complicated story, but no more complicated than it needs to be. This one, you're a train robber, you got to rob the train, and you got to run across the top and beat people up and, and avoid bullets and do that stuff and ride a horse. What's not to like about that? done this way perfectly fine and i thought some of the, the horse on the horseback train sequence was really really good because yeah. it, it really does feel like you're chasing after this train and shooting at the stuff and i liked that about it yeah it could have had a slightly better font and maybe the sounds were a little bit here and there but oh yeah the font the font comment is just a it's just a throwaway it is, thing you it know just know what? It, yeah. it's 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 all there And that is important for something like this. It's not a little bit of the game. This is no jailbreak. This is this is you know, and this just shows you how crap jailbreak really was. Because essentially the logic is the same: running around beating people up, whether you're shooting them or whether you're whatever you're doing. This is the same logic. Just they've just applied a thought process. Like you know what? We're not going to have to create this entire thorough arcade experience let's just focus on what we can do and what's important to the people who play this game keeping the speed there keeping the fun there keeping the thematic there they did all that worked great so hats off to him i think a 60 percent might be a little bit on the harsh side but for 999 i don't know i i, I quite liked it i had a lot of fun playing
1: that yeah yeah, absolutely cool that was an unexpected pleasure yeah did we say? So that was Express Raider. So yeah, we like that. It was all right. It's probably going to be better than what's coming up. Mm. So let's move along. Let's move along and jump off this train. <laughs> let's jump into a very fast moving, I don't know, piece of crockery. <laughs> so Graham, tell us all about Hyper Bowl.
0: All right. As noted by the Zapticians in the review, this was a, essentially a C64 version of the game Crossfire. For those that are unaware of what Crossfire is, there's an entire slew of games. These are tabletop games that came out in this period, probably between 1978 and 1988, something in that 10-year period. So games like Perfection, games like Kaplunk, Downfall, Ludo. Monopoly. not so much Monopoly because that had been around a while, but there, you get the idea of these sort of tabletop, and they got more complicated, and Crossfire was one of those. It was one of the games du jour. People who had Crossfire, were you know, was, if you've got Crossfire, wow, and that oh, game is essentially, yes, uh, indeed. It's you have a load of ball bearings in a gun at each end of a sort of a tabletop game, and you fire the ball bearings at a little sort of mini ball bearing hockey puck type idea, and you repeatedly shoot the puck in the middle, and you, you know, you aim at this, and you shoot the ball bearings at it, the ball bearings um, hit, hit that, then they fall off to the side, and go back down to alleyway when you reload your gun and all of that and the idea is to push the puck over the line the goal line repeatedly hitting it so that was crossfire and it's crossfire is quite an exciting game it's in that realm of it that like i say those tabletop games there's a whole raft of them that i think if you went to somebody's house at that time they would have had any one of those including operation you'd have got pop-up pirate there's probably going to be a guess who in there there's more than like going to be a that one with the donkey where it flicks all the stuff off it what's it called a
1: uh, Bokurun yeah, bonsai. Bokurun, yeah. Bokurun, Bokurun yeah. bonsai. Is a film, yeah. isn't it? Bokurun. Yeah.
0: So, but you get the idea. So it's all of them. So this is the C64 version of that. Now, okay, we. This could have been something. <laughs> this could have had a simple logic applied to it and kept it simple, but no, no, it didn't. So. <laughs> In the game, you've got a choice of 10 ships. Each of the ten, each of those has different characteristics. I couldn't tell you what those characteristics were. They all pretty much were the same. Apparently, it's to do with the speed, hit, rebound. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The idea of the game is the same. In this, you have a central puck and you have a little spaceship which you can fly around and you, you can shoot at the puck and it will push it over the end goal. Or you can hit it with your spaceship and nudge it over the end goal. And there's two ways of scoring. You can either push it over the line where you get one point. You can push it into the goal zone of that and get two points the screen itself you've got a scanner at the top of the screen which gives you some idea where you are in relation to everything else um so the side of the scanner is a little representation of the ship to show you which direction you're going to be facing and that is important because the actual game itself is played the camera kind of follows the puck more than it allows follows anyone playing it so at any given moment you're never going to know where you are now It doesn't take Einstein to figure out that on a game that's reliant on you, knowing where you are, not knowing where you are, is difficult. And then putting that into another map so you can sort of see where you're in relation to things and having the direction of that different on a different thing. You can see how tracking that across that space becomes... Come stupid. Mm-hmm. So with those, um, with a really god awful title screen. I mean, like horribly. With it's got the worst perspective issues I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would. I think. I think Psychastria still. Still out. Yeah, it's, it it, it it's up there with it. It's up there. Yeah.
0: It's a bland David Whittaker forty second wibbly wobbly loop for the music. The game course, graphics are course. kind of a mono. I've, I've put it, it's a mono color attempt vector looking graphics for no reason, which was just horrible on a really naff background. The game plays out with you both sat in for the middle, and you can like. Like I said you control your ship with forward to thrust and you rotate. Now, that's all fine if you can see what you're actually doing, which direction you go when you do that. <laughs> if you can't easily, then it's really hard to gauge where you are, what direction you go in, and what you're doing. Even yep. with the indicators, that becomes quickly annoying. So it's just the idea of the game is simple, but it's so badly realised here that it's not any fun. And for three quid, nah, if you if you could persist with those controls and try and get something out of it, fine, great, go for it. I thought, even with two players, you're just going to be endlessly flying around trying to figure out where the hell you are in that space and looking at actually spending more time looking at the map with the dots, tiny dots, And the spaceship to the left or right, which shows you which direction you're going, Going, oh, I mean, they're going the wrong direction and not really looking at the main screen to figure out what hitting the puck thing. Apart from when you appear on that and you can do that, but you'll soon fly off and lose where you are again because that's kind of the way this game works. So are you going to persist and score lots of goals? Is there a payoff to it? Not really. I thought it was just nonsense. Um, and did Crossfire need to be set in some kind? Of, I mean, there is a story to that, by the way, the space future blah blah. blah. I didn't bother with it because I thought, well, why? I'm sick of these games where they just take a game, put it into you know sci-fi space future in a futuristic world of space. You know, no, sod off. It's just Crossfire and it's done badly. This is shit. So move on. Take your barbarians and stick them up your ass. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I thought about you.
1: Yeah. So this was. Um, I thought this reminded me of that other one we crap when we played the other week xeno uh, yeah because uh, that's it. An, that's another sort of crossfire variant isn't it where yeah. you're hitting a ball but in the grand scheme of things i'll just i'll mention it well i'll mention it in a little bit something sort of but this is this game is broken it's broken from the outset because it follows the ball not the ship yeah it's stupid it's stupid and, and i get why they've done that so so they don't have to do a split screen camera yeah Yeah. So, because if they if you've got two players and you you've got to do split screen by following the ball, they only follow one thing. So it renders the game almost unplayable, pretty much. Mm. So you basically play in the game on the small map at the top and trying to and and then you you correlating that with the rotation of the graphic next to it, which it just just so you you have to work out. No, it just. No, it's just <laughs> awful. <laughs> it's just you're going from the rotation to the front. It's, you don't really have it. You could be. You've got no. You've got no real feel for this, your speed or anything. So generally, what happens is you, you you work out where the direction is. You start pushing forward, and then what happens is just your your ship blurs across the screen, and you're having to turn around and blur back again. It's just a, a mess and disappearing again. So the impact on the ball from your shots, when you do manage to do something, is so minimal. Yeah it's just no you payoff. or the put the puck whatever. It's, it's, you just do nothing. And for me, you know, if right, take a step back from this. You have a you have a thing that you hit with. You know, if you take the bullets out of it, you have a thing that you smack in a in a vehicle a ball into a goal at the other end. You've essentially got Rocket League. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an early version of Rocket League, but it's broken. <laughs> so if you, we we draw these parallels sometimes between these old games and modern games. And essentially, this is, you know, an early version of, if you take that shooting out and, and not the crossfire nonsense, but you just have smack into the ball and how fast you're going hits it in, re- in real time. You'd have had a, if you split screen this, you could have a decent little game here because you've essentially got top-down Rocket League, yeah, and and so, but but it's broken because they haven't done that. No, <laughs> the the design decisions they could have made are, are down, you know, right alley. What they've done is they've just taken a detour off in down to wrong street, mm-hmm. um, and and that, and that's led it led them into pain and terror and and, and made us play this thirty odd years later. Yeah. and weep at the weep at the thing that could have been cuz it's just rubbish if you can't code split screen for two players just make it a single player game yeah, if absolutely. if that's beyond you then just make it a single player game where you follow you yeah. you don't need to know where the other enemy that that can be on the radar follow you and the ball or 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 do better learn to code split screen for god's yeah. sake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> follow the right thing for damn you god's sake
0: ball blazer was a year and a half ago yeah and still the best version of this kind of
2: thing
1: it is yeah exactly and if you can't do this with a simple top-down stuff and it's just no. two cameras then don't don't bother no. because this is even for 299 shouldn't have got it's 299 it got 54 it's three quid it, but it shouldn't have got that because it's fundamentally at its heart broken what really baffled me with this is that if if you were designing this i mean you
0: could do it on one screen because it's only three sprites so it doesn't need to be this complex arrangement of screens. You could just have one smaller screen. I mean, or or if you if you do it slightly bigger. I mean, games like Speedball and stuff manage it perfectly well later down the line, and other games. So yeah, yeah just don't follow the stupid puck around. And because they did that stupid decision, it meant they had to compensate with really bizarre radar. And that's radar, <laughs> yeah. radar, and that is and a compass is not. A solution to that problem
1: no radar and a rotating sprite don't just don't work you're (laughs) looking at three things yes it's like because essentially what you what you end up doing is that that all that screen real estate taken up by the puck and the the play field is just rendered meaningless Yeah. meaningless because you never look at it no you're just looking at the little bit on the top yep bad 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 i didn't like hyperbole never heard of it before and never want to hear of it again nope let's move along to our last game Okay, so our last game. Okay, this is a this is a weird release, and it will come clear as we talk about it. So this is a strange release. This is Leaderboard Executive Edition. So this is ten pound, and and this is remember this is a gold medal. Our, our sequel or pseudo sequel, really. So to our game of nineteen eighty six, you know Leaderboard. We you know we loved Leaderboard. Mm. We loved it. So what's happened in the past year? So uh, okay, so what they've done? They've uh, when you boot this up, you'd be you'd be forgiven for thinking you're just playing Leaderboard again. Because it's yeah. exactly the same. It looks exactly the same. Except the only thing here is you've only got two courses to play from. I think there were eight in the original, weren't That's there? That's right. So you've only got two courses to play for here, and this is still £10. Mm. Mm. Okay. But they've added some new visuals and hazards, the courses you play. So we've now got rough, the rough. It's just mm. called the rough, is it? So it's yeah. just long grass long grass, or, or brown. Yeah. <laughs> so you've now got brown instead of blue, but at least you don't fall into it. You, you know, you can play out the brown. Ew. Ew. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not something you want to do but
1: you never want to play out the brow no <laughs> and the, the trees lining in the fairway that sounds like another euphemism <laughs> So you've got trees this time, you've got brown, you've got trees lining the fairway and we've got bunkers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's it. We're, we're looking more like a it now feels like a proper golf course. We're looking more like a golf course than the than the strange watery islands of the first one. Uh there are some new background graphics along the horizon as well. Yeah. Showing some more boats, variety. Yeah, boats and bridges and lighthouses and cityscapes and they're quite pleasant, nice enough. Yeah, all right. But that's really about it. The rest of the game is it's leaderboard again. That's and it, it's fine if you want more leaderboard with more realistic courses but this feels like a strange release because three months down hence from here we have world class leaderboard coming out yeah so what is this I don't understand it feels like a I don't understand what this what this is this feels this has got the stink of a bit of a cash grab about it because I don't get why this is here it feels like a stopgap release rather than the full release mm. but it's full price which is odd when held up against the first game I mean it's still great don't get me wrong it's still leaderboard. It's still great. It still plays well. But it feels like, as we would see in the future, a piece of DLC or something. It feels like an add on. This feels, you might, I don't know why they just didn't hold this back. You know, it feels like, oh, we've got this bit level. But world class leaderboard is three months away. This, mm. I, the code, I don't get it. Leaderboard's only a year old. Yep. World class leaderboard comes out 13 months, not even 13 months later. It's like a year later. So why is this here? I don't get it. If this had come out like a half the price, Fiverr, three quid you remember leaderboard well we've done this to it it's going to get better or it's like a some kind of a advertising you know nobody's forgotten about leaderboard no they don't need to remind people it just feels weird but if or if it had you know an extra couple of courses of so four courses okay i had been all right with that it's still the same great playing golf game but it just feels weird it feels like a nothing release so it, i don't have a problem with it they had a problem with it saying oh well you know it's just golf it just feels exactly the same as the first game but you know it's golf what do you do you can't have you know, they've obviously gone down that route. But the lack of content here is odd. The lack of content, or even some new options. And they could have, like, because don't forget, they've had 10th frame in this period as well. So we could have had, and 10th frame had, like, team team play, didn't it? So they could have implemented that, maybe, just as a make it more of a sort of multiplayer thing, where you're all sort of match play and different, the different modes of golf. So match play, that sort of thing. It's just It's just a bit of a letdown. I don't know. It's such a strange release, this. I don't understand it. I don't understand what its point is. Did you? Do you? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a. I didn't think there was enough differences to warrant its price. No, and 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 it's like a great game. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just it's just a few extra features in in a game with less courses you may as well play the original leaderboard which was zap's point the Zapticians said that at full price it's just it's not different enough to be at full price it shouldn't be i agree with them it's leaderboard so it's still great but you're not getting a lot more for a tenner you may as well just carry on playing if you've got it leaderboard or buy leaderboard with it because it's just as good a game without the bunkers and the trees they don't add that yeah. much to it and you're getting less stuff but maybe it's just one for like collectors. Maybe it's that kind of collector thing. If you, yeah, I I like it. I mean, I played it and you 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 play leaderboard. So what's not to like? But ten quid's a lot to ask.
1: I do, but I just don't get it with three months. And it is literally issue twenty-seven. We have world class leaderboard. Yeah, and this and remember that second course is a separate load as well. So it's not like yeah, you yeah. Can just play the other course. You have to load it in. Yeah, I know. It's very. It's a very odd release. This.
0: I wonder if it's a pressure release. Maybe they're get. You got to get something out there. Who knows.
1: I don't know, because like I said, I mean, the Cavs have just released 10th frame, so it's not like they're not being prolific. They're releasing stuff. I don't know. It's just a weird, weird, weird thing. Because World Class Leaderboard is much better as well, and that's four courses and stuff. If World Class Leaderboard had released with this two courses as well, I mean, probably another gold medal in the hands, but... It's a strange one. It's a weird one to end on that sort of thing because I, I, I don't really remember much of this one. I knew World Class and I knew the original. Mm. This one in the middle feels odd. It just feels like an odd release.
0: I don't remember playing a lot of it because I played more of original leaderboard and World Class and I don't really think I played this. I think I've I've That's circumvented I mean. this and jumped to World Class and when I looked at this and played it, you could have made the mistake of thinking you were playing leaderboard world-class i mean there's yeah. not a lot of difference between this and that so
1: not really i mean i would i'd, I'd love to know what the story is behind this what the point was i mean I, and hopefully it's not but it does feel like a quick stick it out for a tenor and yeah. people will buy it we'll get loads of money off it
0: it's probably exactly what it is
1: yeah probably oh well there we go that's leaderboard executive edition <laughs> that's it. That's it for our games. We've looked at a lot. We'll come back and tell you what we've looked at in a bit. But first of all, just to round off this month, we've got some crapverts. So we'll move into this. So we've got our first one, which is Romulus.
0: Yes. Announcing the launch of Romulus, (laughs) where they've just taken a photograph of a Ariana rocket by the look of it. Launching.
1: Yeah, just launching. And if you read the right, this is from Quicksilver. So it's just a photo of a rocket taking off it is yeah because it's so but it says fast multi-directional scrolling and shoot-em-up action Romulus has more than one surprise in store for the unwary gamer great sound effects and music (laughs) what does any of that have to do with the rocket taking off or that weird choice of Romulus font which is like a calculator
0: font it's just odd doesn't make any sense
1: it's, n- there's n- it's just a- i don't get it it's just the cheapest crappiest advert i've seen in a while no and is it or does it, it look like that rocket
0: is taking off alarmingly close to those trees i mean it's like, it's like someone's <laughs> built built that like in their back garden <laughs> those trees are no more it's that's like that's a leaderboard it's like I a don't... leaderboard course it is that's the background of a leaderboard course probably <laughs> um it, no it doesn't shout multi-directional scrolling that's for sure sure it does but, sh- yeah, doesn't but... shout multi-directional anything no that rocket's going multi- in one direction up
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, rockets weren't like well known for their multi directional shooting, were they? No, not
0: really. No, especially there isn't anything on that which shouts armament, unless that is a missile, which <laughs> could be, I suppose. i
1: oh, don't know. It's weird. It, when I looked at it, I was like, what? What are you advertising?
0: That looks to me like someone went to on holiday and they just happened to be launching a rocket. So that's their photograph. they took that himself off his camera, and he's like, that photograph's brilliant. Use that in the advert. <laughs> but it has nothing to do. With, put it on the advert. I said, yeah, just put it on the advert. Well, it's nothing to do with multi direct. does not matter. Just no people yeah. love a rocket. People love a rocket launch. So
1: off you go. And I, I don't like as well the 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 quick, the the uh sort of the parallelogram whatever that is the trapezoid shape they've used for the quicksilver bit at the bottom.
0: No, no, no. And that light blue. No one should. No one should be just doing that, that block
1: of light blue. And why did why does it say announcing announcing the launch of Romulus? Because obviously yeah. rocket's launching, but but yeah uh, the, the you know what this is, is going to be you know what this is going to be don't you another bloody z z or time pilot you know yeah. it's going to be like raid 2000 or something or just
0: i just know it's going to be rubbish i don't need to you know quicksilver <sighs> in the in the romulus logo <laughs> are telling me everything i need to know about that <laughs> it's
1: probably not going to be very good is it though no. all right let's move on to the next one well this one was actually recommended from one of our patrons it was over oh, on our page on our patron this was from dr goggles Mm. Um, and and he recommended this through our discord where we were chatting um and so this is the the advert for the game deceptor deceptor yes uh, deceptor so graham do you want to do you want to take us through the uh the multifaceted well, from <laughs> advert the, from the
0: angular no your eyes are not deceiving you where the no is angular and the right perspective but the your eyes are not deceiving you isn't and yep. then the Deceptor kind of is a weird, I'm going to say coloured in with felt tips because that what that sort of looks like Deceptor <laughs> logo. Then you've got, I don't know how you describe that, Spaceman. Just made of, sort of, <laughs> of geometry, badly made geometry. It's, it's, how, it's how you would make a Spaceman out of fuzzy felt. So he's punching his way out of something. I'm not sure what. bag, By like a paper bag. There's a. I don't know what that is to his left. It looks like a, a garage. Or something. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Then, because it's all an angle, this. So you'd have to crick your neck to read the tiny, tiny writing. I'm not going to even try and read that, but it's take on the mantle of Deceptor. And after that, it's just, it's already given me a headache. And there's a bit in caps, which is, are you ready to take up the challenge? I don't know what the challenge is. I'm guessing at that. The screen grabs don't look to me anything special there. And there's writing all over this. It's just like they couldn't stop writing on this advert. It's just writing (laughs) everywhere. Witness on screen the sensational graphic metamorphosis as you bodily transform to meet each challenge. And there's this transformation, which I'm not sure what he's transforming from or (laughs) Or to. to. (laughs) Because he ain't got purple fists. It looks like he's going from a clothes peg (laughs) to some kind of robot, I think. I don't know what that is. (laughs) So, it's Bobby Toilet. <laughs> it is. It, just, it is. It's, it's like, now, I'll tell you what, he looks more like a Transformer than the actual Transformers in that game we just played.
1: That is true, actually, yeah. At least he does look like a sad man in a, in a crap uh, cosplay. And
0: the game itself has got some really bold graphics on those tiny, tiny screens, so I'm guessing that it's not going to look anything like that when it we finally get I
1: think it. it does. I think, actually, I do remember this vaguely. I remember those screenshots. So I think it does look like that, but I don't think it's very good. But, I think it's like a side-on Saxon.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. It's got a little guy shooting. I think at a certain point. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. But I can tell you now, they just tried to cram so much on there. And just a word to the wise: stop putting blue text over red things because it's really hard to read. And that.
1: And why have they just got a giant no? It's
0: really. (laughs) It's a bit negative. That
1: (laughs) it is. And never and never make fingers out of just garage shaded sausages. (laughs) No. No.
0: no. he has got a really weird gold glove on and just, he's either got a grey neck or a chin spike. <laughs> so, I can't, yeah, now, now you've said that, I can't work it out. And it looks to me just around the top where it says, no, I think they're meant to be stars, but there isn't any anywhere else. So it could just be bubbles, I think. And just, it's could just be. weird. And,
1: and what's that, what's that red, red, is that an explosion behind the blue writing? Because yeah, it's not, it's not centred enough, is it? It should be no. over to the left a bit. No, and that's because the blue writing oh, sorry, the, bottom that left. the blue writing isn't in the
0: correct perspective because they've just caught that up. And then it does look like, it. I'm thinking about it, it looks like he's punching his way out of an egg <laughs> and, and, out, and out of that egg is flying a paper plane.
1: A paper plane, yeah, for yeah, some reason. Just arsehole, it's just rubbish.
0: Wouldn't make me want to buy it, too much going on. It's just crazy, it's crazy. It's like, just control yourself. Because you sn- Less it, is more.
1: Yeah, they don't need that whole because that witness on screen sensational graphic metamorphosis sprite animation thing is pointless. She <laughs> could have taken that out and given that top image some more space. Yeah, and sort of and put it at the right angle. Yeah, it's just all at the wrong angle. It's all wrong. Even the CBM sixty four one two eight is in. I mean, fair play, you know, commitment to the angle. Yeah, commitment to that forty five degrees. Uh, yeah, but the garage isn't at forty five. I don't know. It's bad in it. It's not good. It's not, it ain't garage, good. garage shaded sausage fingers. It's not good. It really is not.
0: Um, okay, yeah. So that's that was Deceptor. It looks deceptive to me, but
1: y- yeah, I'm, defective. I'm I think I call that actually. And now we have the prog album cover for the next one. It is that reminds me of the film Phase Four. It does, yes. But this is how it is presented as well in the uh, magazine. Yeah. So uh, once again, we have a portrait picture, but it's land- no a landscape picture, but it's portrait. Yeah. So it's completely on its side. So this is the game Nether Earth, Nether I think. Earth. Yep, Nether Earth. Yep. So this says, featuring detailed graphic landscapes and fast action combined with an element of strategy, Nether Earth, with its unique artwork, is another sure winner. From beneath the Earth's surface came the insignia Insignians waging war, <laughs> which means nothing. Which doesn't mean anything because who has made this? <laughs> who's it's the made Insignians? by Central. Uh, it's Argus Press software, isn't it? Oh dear. But the the actual big image sort of thing is like a, a red negative. I don't know. Is it a sun rising? Is it? It's like a yeah. the, a, a sort of wasteland alien planet with like what is a sun rising or an atomic blast or something? Yeah. There's nothing to like it. That. No. There's, that- there's nothing to this. If they come from the beneath the Earth's surface, that does not look like the earth. No. It looks like. Like someone's dropped a tin of paint. <laughs> yeah, is that some kind of construction in the bottom right? Or like the top kettle. right?
0: I think it's a, k- a kettle. No, I think there's, got the, the writing is on the top left, and the top right, it's a, an explosion. And the bottom right, you've got a, a box, or is that a shoe? I, I don't know. And then you've got, it looks, it, it, it's a, this definitely it looks like someone's been shot <laughs> off to the left, and that's the, yeah, that's, that's it's the blood, the blood splatter. splatter. Yeah, that's <laughs> a blood splatter. And so if that's their unique artwork... Um, No, thanks. Look at it. It's just paint. Someone's just dropped a can of paint. (laughs) And and it looks like maybe
1: near a teapot. I can't work it out
0: because it looks like there's a funnel,
1: doesn't there? Yeah, I I don't know what that is. In the middle bit. I'm guessing that's meant to be
0: an alternative Earth with some kind of issues. It's nether Earth. Well, well, it's nether nether Earth. Clearly, the, uh, the insignians are waging war on it. For what reason? I don't know. It looks like it has no resources unless they collect lava.
1: What do you think its unique artwork is going to be? I'm going to bet it's vector graphics.
0: I, I would say there's a chance of vectors yeah I'd say probably looking at the nether earth logo, which isn't bad in of itself but looking at that um no yeah. the
1: logo's okay but it's the wrong way <laughs> yeah don't, yeah yeah it's just no, stupid I don't know why this advert is that is done like
0: that no I suppose it's you know people oh look you've got a big lawn because they want a nice landscape looking thing but it's just not very good not no. very good it's not very good at all
1: stupid I don't I never ever wish you can have that image like that but how about your netherers and stuff? Oh, I don't know. It's broken. Broken. Stupid. And, and you'll probably anyway,
0: break your neck to look at it in the magazine.
1: So. I have to. My neck is hurting now from yeah. looking at that. <laughs> yeah. If you could have just seen us a moment ago, I just caught us on the on our Zoom chat, and you've just both of us just neck, neck <laughs> cricked. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, there we go. In the new look Commodore user chart. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Smart, isn't it? Someone's gone to graphic design school. Mm, have they? <laughs> <laughs> have they, though? <laughs> Yes, they have. Clearly. Why would you put that, like that chart chart? Why is that at the wrong angle? Well, just just, just don't mix too many
0: fonts on one page. I've said this billions of times and they've just broken that rule. Or angles. Yeah, and no one likes those kind of display fonts, that 664 chart C64. Why have they got it
1: twice like that? Just... I don't know. No, no, know. no. Anyway, what we have got going on in the charts this time. So this is the uh this is from Commodore User. So at uh, number ten, down from number four is Flash Gordon, mm-hmm. at number nine, it's at 180, and at number eight is Micro Rhythm. At number seven, LA SWAT. Number six, BMX Simulator. Okay. Number five is Gauntlet. In at number four is Gunship. Mm-hmm. Down to number three is Paperboy. In at number two, Championship Wrestling, but straight in at number one is Park Patrol. Mm-hmm. Like a no gunship. One, hang on a minute. There's one, two, three, four, five, six budget games in that top ten. Yeah. Well, what's
0: the? You know, it's where people were at.
1: Yeah. Just gun gun. Strange. I mean, gunship in at number four is quite high, isn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, straight in. Yeah, especially at that price.
1: Gauntlet and Paperboy Championship Wrestling and Gunship are the only four games there that aren't budget titles. Mm. Was there any other notable games down in the bottom ten? World Games at eleven. Police Cadet. What the hell's at that? number twelve? No, no, we haven't come across that yet, have not we? Yeah, and we're not coming. I've done already done for next month, and I, that that game's not come up. Mm. Tenth uh, frame. Football of the Year. Ninja at number fifteen. Good lord, yeah. still stinking up the place ace of aces escape from singe's castle straight in at 17 go for gold test games still in there leaderboard is re-entry and west bank there mm-hmm. you go that's your uh okay. that's your chart so that's that what we got coming up because yeah here we go this is what we've got coming up next uh next couple of weeks for may we've got i'm not gonna go through them all but we've got the u.s version of aliens okay. uh we've got the crap that is now sent into a game cholo oh god um and i can tell you what what visual, what visual style are you expecting from that, Graham? I'm expecting vector in that one. You you will not be wrong. Yeah. It's going to make you angry, that game. I had a look yeah. at it earlier today. No, I, <laughs> I tell I you that now, that. I think. We have uh, something called Conquest. Mm-hmm. They have the arcade conversion of elevator action. Uh, equalizer, which is not what you think. We have, When we have the double bill of Grange Hill and the growing pains of Adrian Mole. Oh, God. Uh, oh, good Lord. Impossible Mission. No, that's not, that's a, that's that's not that's even in blaster. there. Yeah, it's Pass Blaster. Hollywood Hijinks is not in there either. Oh, uh, So I don't know what that is. Into the Eagle's Nest. Uh, that's all right. Laser Wheel, Pod, Ranorama. We have a game based on sailing. Okay. And it is exactly sailing. You might love that. Uh,
0: no, I've got a thing I won't.
1: I'm going to give it to you, though. Uh, Shockwave Rider. Uh, Sunstar, uh, th- there's a game in here called Werner, which I'm not going to say anything about, but anyway, there you go. <laughs> Werner. It's not about. I'd liked it if it had been a game about Werner Herzog. That would oh, be a,
0: hilarious. That would be too good to be true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not the best. So there we go. Uh, that has been April, uh, April 1987. Yes. I do believe that's that, that's as done. So what games did we look at in this episode? Uh, well, in this episode, we looked at uh, Aliens UK, Delta explorer which would unfathomable indoor sports which are not being used in the sideways egg prodigy crack out we at films we looked at void runner magic madness express Raider, Hyper Bowl, and finally the weirdness and pointlessness of leaderboard executive edition a lot of games and there you go that's april done so you got anything you wish to add mr raddings no no
0: no i'm looking forward to uh the next sort of few months because i think the as the summer rapidly approaches in 1987 there's some interesting games going to be coming out in that list so
1: there are there are indeed um i'd just like to say if you haven't already if you fancy us uh, a few quid then you can join our patreon it's at patreon.com forward slash zapped to the past it is essentially the price of a pint um, in these modern times, uh, if you're north, if you're northern, um, probably more than that, if you're southern, uh, England, I'm talking about uh, UK. You can come on there. We've got things going on, our Discord and stuff, and it just helps us out with costs for stuff. And it'd be really helpful if you could do that. But obviously, no obligation. But it's there if you want to. I think on that note, that's about it. That's it. So I have been Adrian Mills.
0: I have been Graham Raddings
1: We have been zapped to the past, and we will see you again next week. Goodbye.